everybody. Welcome to the Sync Countdown. I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexcellence, a.k.a. The Fres Loco. And today we are episode fucking 10, guys. El Diez. El Diez. And I didn't think we were going to do it. Um, these guys made me do it. But anyway, I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexcellence, a.k.a. All those things. And join me on the other side, the people that made me do it, we have... Am I starting? Yes, you always do. Yeah, but it, this is really awkward and funny if I'm just like, what, me? But you need to go... Like, go where? Tell people who you are. Oh, I am Marco. I am the dude that makes Sam do stuff, I guess. Uh, and in general, uh, his life, his heterosexual life mate. Are we that far? Yeah. Well, I mean, who else is it going to be? I was going to vote JJ, but I guess you've cut in line, <laughs> apparently. You apparently took that away from him. Oh, speaking of JJ. If anything, I'm Silent Bob in this scenario. But he d- who's he Jay? That reference. Uh, who's Jay? All right, I'll be Jay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's... Fo- what? Who are you? <laughs> Blue I'm Mike? JJ. Oh, he's JJ. And, and We're can Jay we- and Silent Bob. You're just here to record us. You're the camera dude. Yeah, I'm the camera dude. And I'm... Uh, uh, what's his name? Who always wears jorts? John Cena? No, the other one that always wears jorts, the one who directed that movie. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. I'm Kevin Smith. He's but that's Bob. Silent Bob. No, but I'm Kevin Smith, not Silent Bob. <laughs> I am the external part of the show. Anyway, we're getting fucking weird already because today we're trying to avoid what we're talking about because it's so sad. But but not in Mexican culture what we're talking about because that's we had so Halloween. Sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's a different tone because Marco, you had the good idea. This one's your list. Uh, we were going to record yesterday, but then there's Dia de los Muertos fucking fights all the time. Because when you want to remember the dead, you want to make someone dead. So that's why <laughs> that's why we just uh, we watched I mean, the fights and everything. You're not accurate by any means. But when I die, go ahead and have like a nonstop like tournament in my name. Like, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, we, we can't do Viking funeral. I I second this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so no Viking funeral, but a tournament, the Marcos Lira death tournament. <laughs> That sounds like something we can arrange. Like, you can literally make the trophy out of my skull after I'm dead. I mean... It's gotta be... Like, that's, we get, like, the most metal thing I've ever heard. I think, we can, I, I think we can turn you into ashes, make you into a gem, and that would be the trophy. That's not as cool as a skull, bro. It's a skull gem. <laughs> it's your whole body made into a gem that's carved into a skull. No, nah, man. Skull trophy. No, and then whatever they etched out of the gem that was made from your ashes, they can put in a drink and drink I'm, you. I'm giving this to Edward. He's going to do do some scrap metal bullshit, and then it'll look like awesome. All right. Marcos, there death tournament. To, to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate to be determined, because we don't know when you're going to die. So That'd be awesome, though. Like, There's a tournament. People keep telling fighters about it, but the date just keeps getting... He made it another year. <laughs> ah, like, imagine if God it was... Damn it. <laughs> right? If it was a Stan Lee death tournament, like there would have been like six years of fighters being like, it's my time now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then he died. It's like, oh, shit. I'm three years past my prime. <laughs> my son, my son, he survived too he long. Fight for me. He was like, it's like Mulan. <laughs> Did they send me daughters? But four sons. But so today's, it's not a top five today. It's a scene countdown. It's still five general things, but we are counting. Not down, but counting around. It's not a scene countdown. It's a scene down. It's a scene down. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, uh, five things that we want to remember. People, pl- uh, not places because places don't die, but uh, uh, people, celebrity or personal. I went a lot personal. A couple celebrity, uh, public figure. 
type, but in no particular order, because obviously the day of the dead, the end of the Suertos, to remember those uh, who have passed on into the other world, into the into the land of the dead. And so we're here to remember them so that they can come home and, and hang out with us. And I actually places uh, do die. Constantinople. It's still Istanbul still exists, but not Constantinople. Well, is your number five Constantinople? <laughs> My number five, Rome. <laughs> Shit. No. Um. But what was the other part I was gonna do? Um. So I was watching a stand-up comedian uh, real quick about uh, Dia de los Muertos, and it was the her opening line was the funniest part about it, which was is like, so there's explaining Dia de los Muertos people, and it's like, yes, you put out things for your families to return home to, and it's usually the shit that killed them anyway. <laughs> it's, it's always like unhealthy food, booze, cigarettes shit like that it's to whatever to make them welcome on their return home from the dead so just to be clear my family never did anything for the other marvels i didn't learn about it till like mexican american heritage school or whatever in oh college. yeah we didn't do anything either like <laughs> like my sister started doing it with her kids because coco like that's i mean i mean it, it's important and people have done it but lately because it's been represented in media a little bit more more people are taking it like to the next level oh, yeah. which is fucking great there's mm-hmm. nothing there's nothing wrong or bad about this holiday whatsoever so that's why we wanted to even though it was a day late uh talk about some of the things and some of the people that we want to remember so this one's a little hard so i'll go ahead and take the first one because um death is always hard depending on on what you're talking about and mine is a tale of three different it's some some sad some parts sad some parts hilarious some parts just tragic um so my number five is is three people but they fall under one uh one umbrella and that umbrella i gotta pull it up real quick is going to be classmates so i had three classmates in the course of my life that have passed away for different things uh so i'll go down uh, i'll go down from the order in which it happened, which is all pretty recently somewhat, but still kind of funny. So the first guy is fucking Sanjeev. Okay. Let me tell you the story of Sanjeev because it's quite funny until it gets sad. And then it's Sanjeev. Still, no, Sanjeev Joshi. Make fun of this. Oh, don't worry. I'm about to make fun of him. So that's the best part about this one is that Sanjeev. This motherfucker. When we were kids, we, we went to the same elementary school and, uh, you know, second, third, fourth grade, fifth grade, we were sitting in the same classes, whatever. Now, do you remember tech deck skateboards? Yeah. Those were, do you, do you, Marco, you look a little confused. No, I just remember them. I just, so when they were a thing in like middle school, I was like, I don't get the hype to this. Right. So that was all that was. It's like, I never got that. Right. I remember him. I, and I think I might have had one, but like, I was just like, oh, it's a little mini skateboard for my action figures. I didn't know you were supposed to do tricks with it. Right. So I, I did a little bit of both, but if you don't know what those are, so tech deck skateboards with these little mini skateboards, fingerboards that you can collect. You could take off the screws and the wheels and stuff, change them out, make them all custom. And they were pretty much the shit leading up in the Tony Hawk era is where I kind of grew up in late elementary school. I think this was deep in the Tony Hawk era, really. Well, I mean, they started making it, but when they went deeper was when they started going to other things like, uh, here, I'll look it over here, BMX finger bikes. And so this is where the story of Sanjeev comes in. So there are some tech deck BMX bikes. These ones are a little more fun because you didn't have to balance anything on your fingers or pretend like you knew what you were doing. And these shits were cool. They had rubber chains. They had all sorts of tools and shit. Like they were great. And I got one and I got one that was all black. That was fucking great. And I want to say this was maybe fourth grade. 
And so I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking flipping it around, having a great old time. And Sanjeev comes up to me, and he's a guy I've known since a couple of grades prior. And he's like, hey, man, me and my brother are having like a tournament or like a game where I don't have one of those, and I needed to to have one. So I said, can you, he goes, can I can I borrow it? And I'm like, being innocent and young and a fucking gullible child. Yeah, go ahead. And I let him borrow it because I thought he was cool. A couple days go by. Hey, man, do you have it? Oh, no, I forgot it at home. Okay, a couple days go by. You guys know where this is going. And I was like, well, can I have it back? And he's like, what's up? How old were you? Uh, what, Whatever fourth grade is. So nine-ish, nine ten-ish, ten yeah. So I'm like, can I have it back? Oh, I broke it. Oh, if I, can I get the pieces? Oh, no. Motherfucker, just stole my fucking bike, all right? <laughs> Never got it back, Ever. Never. And the thing is, so fifth grade goes, so fourth grade goes, fifth grade goes, sixth grade goes, that motherfucker's still around. I never got my revenge. And then we went to middle school and I never saw him again. Fucking. Never got my revenge. What were you going to do? Steal his real bike? I was plotting. <laughs> so that was the thing. Steal his girlfriend. <laughs> fuck his mom, something, right? And I helped this. At nine years old, you were not plotting. Crush to your fuck enemies. His mom. No, because the thing was, after, like, I still remembered that he did that for so long. So about high school, where I could have fucked his mom. <laughs> one, I didn't know where he was. He was still in town. But I. My plotting. Sorry, I got burp. That's nasty. Dude, I got beat up oh, all the time. And I just do- like remembering his mom. Oh, no. His <laughs> mom was, was probably his, his mom <laughs> was probably not exceptional in any way. But I held this grudge for so long. And I was like, man, fuck this dude. Fuck it. I can't wait to get back to him. college. I still remember this fucking bike. It was very traumatic to me. And then like I'm thinking, OK, you know, I, I thought about it occasionally. And I'm like, man, you know, these fucking tech tech bikes, they were nothing. They were five bucks. I liked it. It's actually almost exactly like this one right here. Black. that had the thick spokes and everything. And then I'm like, well, there's like Facebook. So I look at my Facebook. He's there and hanging out. I'm like, cool. Maybe one day I'll, I'll catch up with him, whatever. And then like a couple of years go by. And then a couple of friends that I still have from elementary school, like maybe two or three of them. It's like, rest in peace, Sanjeev. I was like, what? No. And I and my friend Ashley posted. I was like, Ashley, is this Sanjeev uh, Joshi from Manchester? She was like, Yeah, he died. He he died in a fucking car crash. Fancy car. Just I, I don't know if he lost control or hit something. Fucking done. He was like twenty three years old. And the first thing I thought was that's what that motherfucker gets for stealing my bike. But then I was like, Damn. That I really thought that that was kind of the funniest part about it. it was I, that was like the legit thought I had. Vindication. Vindication. Like that red bastard got his come up. It's and I was like, oh shit! I held on to that fucking grudge for so long, like a fake or not, for so long, and then that motherfucker just died, and I never got the chance to tell him that I held this grudge for so long, jokingly, you know, at a certain point, and I was like, fuck that. That was a little rough. And that happened, and then this leads into around college. Um, my friend Jeremy, my sophomore year, that fool, man, so, so Sanji was in the past. Jeremy did all the drugs. He made drugs in the dorms. <laughs> like okay. if his parents are watching this shit, Jeremy was cool as shit. He was smart as fuck. One day he walked in with a box of peyote and was like, I'm going to make mescaline. <laughs> like he was just like, bro, it's going to be. It's gonna be so sick. Like that's how he talked. He shook his head. He had like two witches and shit. But he was like a he was like a like a biological engineer, like biochem. He was like a biochem major. 
super smart dude from the Central Valley, made his own mescaline pills, then proceeded to get high off his own mescaline pills. Got video old. Remember those flip cameras? Yeah. I have old flip camera video of him tripping balls. It's the funniest shit ever. But then I find out one day he he died, and then it was like, wait, I don't know what happened. Peyote poison. But I'm pretty sure it was all those drugs he did. Because his parents so didn't say I, nothing. I, I call this uh, death the Eddie Guerrero. In like, what way? Like you, it was like when Eddie Guerrero died. He's he was the first person that kind of died in this way. It was like, so what got him? It's like so all the poisons and drugs of all his entire life. They just kind of reacted, like caught up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they said he fell. He died in his sleep, and it's like, yeah, that's how Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, it's just like, damn, bro. And he was like twenty twenty five when that happened. It's like shit. That sucked too. But then the last one, and I could have met this dude. This that was like three years ago. Though. Yeah, no, he, no, I mean, your age. Yeah, no, he's Jeremy was a, such a cool dude. Fucking tr- like just he was a trip, man. So one one good memory I have of him uh, since we lived in the Central the Valley. Only good memory. Oh no, way. one in particular because uh, we drove back to Fresno together. Uh-huh. Uh, he lived in Dinuba, which is a little bit south of Fresno, and he picked up a box of cassette tapes from a from a from a, uh, a yard sale, and yeah. so he had just like an assortment of just weird fucking tapes and we listened to like a good chunk of he had a count basie tape we listened to a bk tape from like the 80s from, the- <laughs> from Vel- the, of the velveteen rabbit and we were just because he was kind of high anyway so he was just listening we we're listening to that they had like a chevy silverado fucking like startup truck cassette where it was just nothing but like lock a rock it was a bunch of like early 90s late 80s rock songs yeah. and we were just jamming the whole fucking time mm-hmm. on the way over there he got a ticket through the mountains because he was going hella fast it was a time to remember. And so that's why I remember Jeremy number five. And lastly, uh, this was actually the first Mexicans thing I ever did. It was a, it was a, a remembrance of my, one of my friends. Her name was Miros. And I, if I didn't delete it, it should be the first thing on the SoundCloud page, actually. And the thing that was sad about her, and this is actually the real, the real lesson part. This is the real one where. She was in my all male organization, which was uh, Hermanos Unidos in UC Santa Barbara. She joined it with another girl named Amy, who was her best friend. Amy's I'm still cool with Amy. And they were together. They were the only two girls and they would call bullshit out from us. So the whole organization was about challenging machisto and stereotypes and giving back to community and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we'd be in there calling people all sorts of bitches and hoes and this and that. When you have a bunch of dudes in there that don't know any better and I don't have anybody calling them out. That's what you get. No one's checking. No one's one's checking the machismo when it happens, except Amy and her. And so they'd be like, hey, don't be calling people bitches. And we were like, man, like at first it was like, man, fuck you. What are you doing? Your girls in this fucking male org. And then at a certain point it was like, oh shit, they're kind of right though. <laughs> and so I didn't know her too well because she was a year younger, or a couple years younger than me, but I had mm. still lived in Santa Barbara when, um, when she was around and she, and then she graduated, everyone left. And she came one time to visit for like alumni weekend. She was like, Hey, do you have a couch and crash? And I was like, yeah, of course. Come, come through. I don't know. I didn't know her that well, but we hung out and we talked and very like shortly after that, she got diagnosed, I believe with like spinal cancer. And I was like, Oh, well I just saw her and she looked pretty good shape. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're going to, you're going to be all right. She's going to be all right. And I, she's going through the treatments and stuff and the stuff like that. And my dumbass, and I still call myself dumbass about it was like oh she'll get better so i was gonna text her or call her or do something be like hey you'll be all right but i my kind of where this is going i was like yeah she'll get better and she fucking didn't she was out within six months if i recall correctly from finding out about it to it going through the process done 
And obviously, my friend Amy's crushed. I'm still kind of jacked up about it for the simple fact that I didn't tell her, like, hey, you know, thank you for being cool, all that shit. And it was a, it was a, one of those things where I could have said goodbye and I took it for granted. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing that I don't do anymore. <laughs> like, if I see some people, if someone's getting sick or, you know, whatever, I'm just like, nope, I got to tell him. If someone, like, I found another dude, he had cancer, and I was like, he ended up beating it. But I was like, hey, bro, hope you're good. Da, da, da. I'm just like, hey, you dude, I just think about you. Da, da, da. I throw a prayer every time now because if anybody has any sort of thing that is debilitating or something where they might not make it, I, I let them know now because I didn't let her know, and I feel so fucking guilty about that. But that's how I'll always remember her was that cool-ass girl that stayed on my couch and was just, like, so chill, called us out on our bullshit, and just so important to that organization, more than probably she could ever even imagine, just by her being there for a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, fuck you, Sanjeev. You rest in peace, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm going to get me my bike again. <laughs> uh, Jeremy and Miros. That's that's my first of, of five. Anybody want to take the fucking reins next? All right. Uh, so I'm handling this like we're sitting around a fire and it's like, man. This is the topic, and I'm going to jump off it, uh, which, by the way, you got three now, so you only get two left. Motherfucker, so. that was in the same <laughs> class. You fuck. Um, but so on the nature of classmates that passed away, um, I only have one story, and it's actually kind of a forgettable story in the sense that um, we didn't have, like, or what? Our class is like 800 people or some bullshit like yeah, that. That's huge. We didn't have anyone in my... <laughs> bitch giving you some fucking <laughs> background noise that was unnecessary all right um we didn't have anyone like really close to us in our high school group pass uh-huh. away so the yeah. only one that i have in my mind is and this is a story that i've been trying to confirm because it happened 10 years ago oh so you don't even remember i remember the person i don't i haven't been able to confirm if he passed away because this is before facebook uh-huh but my mom told me that there was a guy and he is one of the most, he's that person that at the best way I can describe it. If you were in middle school, Hey man, I forgot my pencil today. He always had a pencil for you. Oh, he's that dude. Yeah. Mr. Like, Reliable. Mr. Reliable. Mr. Nice. Mr. Like always had a joke. No, nobody had anything negative to say, but nothing, nobody had anything super positive to say. Right. And that would be Roque. That's that uh, I've been trying to confirm all day if he passed away, because as far as I know that my mom told me he passed away at 22 mm-hmm. from cancer, like just lost the fight. Like, right. My mom told me um, her job is to find people caretakers. Right. Like, right. She gives you government funding or mm-hmm. something like she makes sure that you qualify and helps you get a caretaker. Roque needed a caretaker because he couldn't even like wipe his own ass at 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he just passed away from cancer. And the last story that anybody ever heard was um, his mom was taking care of him. Mm-hmm. But that that dude was like, we used to walk home from football practice. He was never like an all-star athlete or anything mm-hmm. like that. But he was there. Right. And then he always was there to help me out. Like I said, get the pencil. Like, right. I wasn't a very popular person in middle school. So you this don't is one of say. Yeah, it wasn't I don't think any of us were the popular person in, in any school. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I peaked way too early. I never peaked. <laughs> I peaked in, in elementary. The girls used to chase me. Like Oh, Mr. Like Casanova. No, I mean like literally. They would chase me because 
Is that your remember me? I no, remember no. when girls chased well, me. Well, it kind of ties into mine, and I'll explain how later, but uh, you can keep But Rocky yeah. there, he was just... We don't know if he's dead. He could still be alive, but I'm if he's lost him... Sure, no, no, I'm pretty sure he passed away. It's just that when you're somebody that was not that close to a lot of people... Right. But this would have been the dude that if I wrote a book like Stand By Me or something, he would be in it. Mm. Like, he was that reliable, that good a friend when I was 10 or 11. He'd be played by... Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah's too old now. Have you seen what that dude looks like now? Is he really old now? Um, he. <laughs> I mean, well, yes. He'd be played 30. by Jonah Hill. Also, the same problem. He'd be played by Kit Harrington. If he was a girl, though, Jonah Hill's sister could play him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one of the kids from Stranger Things. Yeah, but <laughs> I can't think of any of their kids' names. Um, that's actually a really good example. The dude with the gums, like that's probably like Roque. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, just you want to, but you want to remember him for being fucking reliable and Mister Cool. No, I just want to like just being someone that you could count on and being a really good friend, right? Like, there's you don't get a lot of like. I'm the opposite of that. Like, mm-hmm. to some people, I'm a really, really good friend, but I'm also a really big asshole to certain people. But the, you Roker, don't say. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but but that guy was fucking Mister Reliable. Not, not, and he didn't, it sounds like he wasn't very showy with it either. No. Like he wasn't like, oh, I did some, I did you a favor. He was just the guy that would do it. And if I remember his wardrobe, he was a dude that wore khakis and polos. True like, neutral. <laughs> True neutral <laughs> all times. If he was a little risque, he'd go untucked, but I don't no, know. No, it wasn't, wouldn't be tucked. Oh, oh rebel. Mm. Complete yeah. rebel. Formal and rebellious i respect that roke <laughs> but that's your first uh story yeah my only one as compared to your three motherfucker these are in segments and they get simpler as we go along jj your first remember me that was very off pitch so, <laughs> so when this was pitched i kind of felt weird like coming up with you know, family. Dead people? Yeah. Well, just like people that I knew personally, because it, even though we're not ranking them, like this isn't an actual top five. Right. In my head, I was still like, I kind of feel like I'm ranking. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, most of my list is public figures or celebrities. Okay. But they had a big impact in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what I said, where how I... Sorry. My number five is Goku during when he died of a heart disease. <laughs> Look, he almost made the list, but he's still alive. <laughs> but he has died plenty of times. He has died plenty of times, but the Dragon Ball's bringing him back, so it's kind of cheating. Is the Dragon Ball's fucking Dia de los Muertos? <laughs> if anything, Kami is my... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, go um, no, go, going back to what I said earlier, how I peaked too early because the girls would chase me, and they would, like, literally chase me. I'm not saying that they all had a crush on me or anything. They... Physically. You were like the Beatles. <laughs> yes. He used was, to have that hairstyle, too. I did. He kind of almost still has the hairstyle if he <laughs> hey, really tries. Man, why mess with success? Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to go back to my roots. Anyway, um, so the reason they would chase me was because when I was being enrolled in school, mm-hmm. I would confuse the shit out of administration all the damn time. Right. The reason being that my parents didn't speak English. They still don't speak English. Okay. My grandparents, who pretty much raised me, also didn't speak English. And I didn't have any, like, close family at that point. My family's kind of the black sheep in that we're isolated. Uh huh. We're the only ones that stayed in Eagle Pass. 
Ah. Everyone on my dad's side moved further up north and went either here in Austin or Dallas or San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Everyone from my mom's side pretty much stayed in Mexico. Right. So we were the midpoint and we were, when I was little, like I was by myself. Right, right. So I taught myself English from watching cartoons. Right. That's a story that I've heard actually plenty of times eh, growing up in Fresno, you know? I'm, I'm not unique in this case. But uh, is goddamn Big Bird your number first one? No, my <laughs> first one is someone who's probably going to be on a lot of voice actors. Remember me's hmm. Mel Blanc. Oh, fucking Bugs Bunny. Yes, he was the voice of every single Looney Tune. Like, well, I mean, not Granny, but <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much every Looney Tune. Every and when I was little, my mom would. Take me over to Wieners. Does anyone remember that store? <laughs> I, that sounds perverted, but that's just because that's me. But it was a department store. It was like JCPenney or Ross. Like It was a big uh, discount department store. Mm-hmm. And since we were so close to the border, they would sell VHS tapes that were dubbed over in Spanish, but of Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. So I'd watch those religiously. Because we didn't have cable. <laughs> right, right. You had, to, you had the foil and then you yeah, maybe yeah, got yeah. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so I watched those religiously until I memorized the entire script. Oh, shit. And then we got cable. And then I could watch Nickelodeon, who would replay the Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. And my brain just put them together. What the fuck? <laughs> so I, I learned English in that way. You, you learned English by memorizing Spanish and then translating those specific episodes back into English. Yeah. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> my parents didn't believe that I spoke English. It wasn't until like one of my cousins from Fort Worth, from the Fort Worth area, came to visit. And my mom was like, some of his teachers say that he speaks English, but like we don't. Could you talk to him? <laughs> And so, <laughs> your mom just thought you were just saying english words yeah, my mom thought i was like watching fucking candle cove and just, oh, just <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. like well she knew that i would watch the tv but she figured that i just like memorized words but i mm. wasn't making sentences you weren't comprehensive yeah i was just like i was saying camera booger banana <laughs> 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 like none of these are connected right they're just, right right they're just words that he happened to pick up <laughs> right right but no, my cousin Issa like spoke with me and I spoke back <laughs> confidently. And you're like, eh, what's up, doc? <laughs> no, like at that point, I had already learned more, like my vocabulary increased to the right. point where I could, you know, speak outside mm-hmm. of Looney Tunes references. <laughs> I'm about to say, be like, oh man, your hair looks really great. <laughs> Suffer and thug attach. <laughs> I taught, I taught, putty taught. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, so. It wasn't until my cousin Issa confirmed that, like, no, like, he's speaking English. He he can speak it. So in school, when I would get enrolled, all the administrators, all the counselors would want to put me in the Spanish-only class. Uh-huh. And then the teachers would find out that I speak English, and they would inevitably transfer me over <laughs> to a class that's teaching in English. Right. And then uh, that's how you learn the rest of your English. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. That, then I just went through school normally. The reason the girls would chase me was because I left them. Oh. I ditched the class. So they saw me as the traitor and they would be like, get her. What? 
all the Spanish speaking. <laughs> I, trapping lawyer. I, like I, I was a fucking Pokemon. <laughs> like, I, I don't mean to say any, or generalize Latinas <laughs> at all. They, they, they're they're, they're, they're kind of possessive. Like, kind of possessive <laughs> even in the smallest kind of way. But that that's a trip right there, man. Fucking Looney Tunes. So you're watching Space Jam. You're like, yeah. Dude. Yes. How would you say come on and slam in Spanish? Uh, actually, I saw it in Mexico, so I'm surprised I don't know this. <laughs> oh, my God, Marco. The only one I don't know is Jam. Uh, no, the, it wasn't translated. The song wasn't translated. No, it's just slam. <laughs> it might actually be that because it sounds like a word like boom. Like they or don't bother translating there, it. There's a lot of like tech terms. Oh, you mean like Coca-Cola? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's my favorite part of Spanish is when they just say English words. With a Spanish accent. Yeah. Con un USB. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. A, a lot of tech terms are like that because right. they're in English. <laughs> Con un internet cable. <laughs> My favorite one is bug. Because bug. like, oh, this is bugs. Slam is golpe. Come on. Use the Google Translate. Help me out here. That's what I am. <laughs> Read it all out. Come on, el golpe. <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> that sounds strangely <laughs> erotic. <laughs> I think I like that better. <laughs> but jam but... is even worse. <laughs> what's, what's jam? Oh, no, yeah, because that's like translating jelly. Marmalade. Uh, what was jam? Uh, it was marmalade. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Come on, and marmalade. <laughs> Uh, but are you <laughs> none of these sound better i'm glad it wasn't translated from spanish but that is your first pick um yeah, or my first, first on pick. the list and if i can be like a little poetic here if i might wax poetic and show off some of my burke learning all right mel blank is famous for giving a lot of cartoon characters voices little did he know that two years after he died, he gave this little Mexican kid from Texas a voice as well. And now he won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. That was really poetic and it almost made me cry. But I don't want to cry on my own podcast. So I'm going to make fun of you to hide the feelings. Because machisto. <laughs> macho, macho, but man. Macho no lloran, we. <laughs> exactly. He, he didn't understand. I understand what he said. He's in matches. matches. <laughs> <laughs> Machos don't cry. Ball sack. All right, get on with your, the next five people. The on your next list. five people <laughs> is one person. Uh, so I decided, okay, you oh, know what? Sweet, we're up to four now. Sh- fuck you. <laughs> All right. We are talking about, because uh, you guys started thinking, oh, yeah, you can do non relatives. Like, you can? Oh, then I was like, oh, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and so I wanted to put somebody who, God damn, I got the burps. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. The burps is my number four. No kidding. Um, so I wanted to pick somebody who, was obviously with the excellence uh, I, i'm striving to bring representation to chicano latino people and uh honorable mention i guess with that caveat would be uh wow well, sorry someone's flirting over there but <laughs> the caveat uh would be uh in the same vein in terms of representation for media would be desi arnaz because he invented the three camera system with lucille ball and he was uh, one of the first spanish-speaking people on television and people yeah. thought that was fucking dope Honorable mention real quick, but mine is going to be in terms of more political ways, uh, especially for people in the Central Valley and all across the world. He uh, did a bunch of strikes in Central Valley over grapes and wines and not poisoning immigrants. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this. My second on the list that I'm bringing up is Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. (laughs) 
uh, for the simple fact that one, uh, my dad was a union organizer as his career uh, when I was a kid growing up and stuff. What that means is what? No, it's 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 not related to anything political. But uh, he appears in one of Homer's visions in a Simpsons oh, yeah. episode. Caesar Chavez. <laughs> yeah, <But> kind of. <laughs> I want to look this up. <laughs> I, should, I don't want to tell him if this yeah, clip like comes now, out. Now, if he actually finds it, yeah, I don't want to tell him. Yeah, watch why do it, you watch it? All right, let's take a look. He's leading. He's doing a hunger strike too. Oh my god, that's fucked up. Starving myself. No one cares. Who are you? The spirit of Caesar Chavez. Why do you look like Cesar Romero? Because you don't know what Cesar Chavez looks like. Dumbest shit ever. That's fucking. That's pretty fucking great, though. I'm not gonna lie. But um, so uh, I can see why you laughed at that. <laughs> but um, so the idea was um, so my dad. What that means, what being a union organizer is, you're making sure workers have proper rights. They have uh, so in his instance, the last couple jobs he did was going to be uh for state workers in prisons for California. So they want to make sure the prison, not the prisoners, but rather the guards, the nurses and stuff all had dental and days off and shit like that. So he did that kind of stuff. Obviously, Cesar Chavez did the same work with field workers and farm workers in uh, like the 60s and 70s. Mm. Only difference being is that his image was plastered all over my dad's work ever since I was a little kid. So I always saw these images so of Cesar Chavez. You knew what he looked like. <laughs> so I knew what he looked like. And actually, Cesar Romero looks like Cesar Chavez to me. <laughs> so, um, so I saw his image everywhere. I saw lots of artwork, lots of uh, you know fights and resist and workers and labor and all that stuff and all that image. And that laid the groundwork for a lot of my political stances. Uh, one, because... Obviously, I want to make sure farm workers have fucking food and water and shit and, and things of that sort. But secondly, that uh, along with Filipinos, that Mexicans and Mexican-Americans could have a voice if we united. And that, that's a huge thing for me and kind of how my political framework works is that when people are united, great things can happen. Uh, he has a quote. I, I'm going to fuck it up really badly, but he was just like, you cannot – teach someone who has read uh you can't unteach someone how to read and you can't make someone uh fear who's not afraid anymore type of thing i wish i had that better i don't but <laughs> the idea is him and dolores huerta who i've actually met which was really fucking cool i saw her speak at uc santa barbara one time uh she's not dead so she didn't make the list uh, so uh but them two together just what they were able to do for farm workers during that era fucking uh having bobby kennedy go and join him on the hunger strike and being like yeah Cesar chavez is a great american for a mexican guy who was in the navy and stuff like he's perfectly the example of someone from my kind of hometown area the central valley to make a difference in the world. Now we don't have poison in our wine or in our grapes. Uh, I mean, yeah. farm workers get breaks as, as little as they may be. They get some of those things. They get bathrooms out there in the fields where they didn't before. So it showed me that one guy with a little bit of organizing could make a lot of things happen and move mountains and move people. And he wasn't the most educated guy and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, the most talented really at anything. He didn't have money growing up. Go watch the movie with, um, fuck, uh, Miguel. No. Um, uh, what's his name? Philippe Pena, Michael Pena starring. Oh man. I changed his name to Miguel. Yes. But no, but that movie has like a real quick story of what kind of what he did. And, 
Uh, that's always really inspiring to me. And so I, and I actually, I don't know why I don't have it up, but I have a poster of him that I carry with me for my dad's work during those times. Uh, I have a t-shirt I made one time that I had printed where it's like, let's see if I can find it. It's a really pretty artwork and then we'll move on. But, uh, uh go ahead. Are you going to say something? No, no, I was burping. <laughs> <laughs> Skull art. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, this is it right here. If you can see that, that's one of my favorite images that was on my dad's wall for the longest time. I wonder if we can get this bigger. Oh, well, you can see in the little highlights, there's like people. What a chin. Right? And then like skulls and stuff from the dead workers and the pesticides and stuff. Like this piece is like really awesome. Something I really enjoy and watching a lot of those images and stuff, really inspiring stuff. So that's my second pick. Uh, It's going to be Cesar Chavez. Marco, what's Um, your next one? So we're going for fighting for your rights uh, on this side of the, this end of the fireside chat. Uh, I'm. Gonna... Also, this is Marco. You have a man bun. Someone asked who the guy with the man bun was a long time ago. Again? You're Marco, the man with the man bun. No, who asked? Uh, oh, uh, Killer 69 or what? Brand Yo on the Rocks. Brandy on the Rocks. I read that completely wrong. Is that the person somebody was flirting with earlier? Oh, no. This was not the penis thing. Remember the person that made the penis last week? This is not that same person. No, no. You said someone was flirting in the chat. Oh, that's because he also said, I think something's wrong with my auto-aim because I can't take my eyes off you. I don't know if you meant that towards JJ, me, or you, but uh, he asked who the man bun guy was. So you might have yourself a secret admirer when talking about dead people. Your <laughs> second one. Go ahead. All right. So we you opened this subject with um, fighting for people's rights. So I have... Did a stint in the military for six years. So I could call out and do, take up a lot of time, but I'm not because I'm not Sam. Fuck uh, you. <laughs> I did have like a run of like two years where it would be a different person either committing suicide or dying overseas. Like a good three or four mm. weeks of like different person that I was C-level friends with. Closest would be Ammerman. Uh, but I'm actually going to take this time to focus on one, and that's going to be the person that made the biggest um one of the biggest impacts, even though he was just uh, kind of like a protege in, mm-hmm. a, in a way. Um, he was younger than me. I only spent seven months with him, but he was a really, really funny, interesting character. Like, you meet a lot of them in the military. But uh, this dude was literally like, I don't know, five foot four, jacked as fuck. Mm-hmm. And he would just say the most random, uplifting, because being in the army sucks. Right. But like, I, the one joke I remember, or the one like dialogue, is he just went on a rant where he was just like, "I played football, I got scho- I almost got scholarships, and now I'm here. Man, if I have a son, I'm just gonna teach him to dance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's I bet it's so much easier to make it as even a C level dancer than it is to like make it as a collegiate athlete. Right, right. Like I'm like at the age of four, he's gonna come up to me, Daddy. I want to learn judo. No, bitch, dance. <laughs> <laughs> you are a dancer, and you will dance well. Um, but yeah, I got a picture of this dude just so you all. That was the thing. Yeah, I was like, I was sending pictures, and then I, we just didn't. But he's the dude without a shirt, so that kind of pretty much. Uh, here, let's see if we let's see if we can work the, the angles here. Uh, I can do it. That's not working out hey. at all. Hello. Get a lot of focus. Aha! There it is. The guy without a shirt. Yeah. Thick man. And uh, and he did do steroids, and then he randomly passed away at 21. So he also died of what I call the Eddie Guerrero. Just like, the cumulative, cumulative died of life kind of thing. Yeah. But like, that's honestly how I thought I was going to go. I'm glad you didn't. 
Yeah, now I'm here talking about other people that went. Which is great, right? <laughs> so it's better to be alive than dead, everybody. Some days. How was therapy? No. So great. It's going, it's going really good. <laughs> Actually, my therapy is sponsored by Oasis Texas Brewing Company. Sunset Cerveza. Your therapy shouldn't be sponsored by alcohol. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it is in the mall. It is in the mall, though, so... Um, that was a joke that it was a joke off air, but now it's going to be a joke on air that my therapy is at the mall. Um, so one more funny story about Tanner and then I'll move it on to JJ. So he would always do random shit. So you're not allowed to have your cell phone when you jump out of an airplane. Mm. Obvious reasons. Okay. Apple care doesn't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled it out of one of his military pockets. If you've ever seen a military movie, you know, we have. All the pockets. All the pockets. So he pulled out his phone and started Snapchatting different stories of him like making silly faces, falling from the sky. And then um, he got a concussion, like didn't do the landing correctly and just knocked himself out. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure it's just falling out of a plane. (laughs) No, I mean... If you're distracting yourself with something, like it's just more like, like uh, it, uh, it's by nature dangerous. You add to it by doing dumb shit, like doing a selfie while you're falling from said plane. Yeah. yeah. But, and uh, I feel like there's more the to this thing where everyone was like, man, why can't Tanner do X? Cause in the army now, if you get a concussion, it's like, go sit down, like, like in the NFL. Like, right. It's like, like yeah. go sit down, um, mop the floors, do what you gotta do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was like, Everyone was like, how did Tanner get a concussion? Like, oh, man, it must have been a bad fall. And then Nolan just starts cracking up. It's like, dude, he was like Snapchatting as he was falling out of the plane. (laughs) I kind of want to see those Snapchats a little bit. Lost to the sands of time. Uh, Goddamn Snapchat, your daily daily fucking time limits. That sounds sounds like like a groovy dude. He was was a really good dude. Yeah, man. That's, That's the shit part about all these stories, that they're all good stories, but... That's why we have to tell him because that's all we have left. So, uh, JJ, I'll let you go on to the next one. All right. So I'm gonna stick with the theme of like leadership. Yeah. Uh, that that you brought up with Caesar Chavez. Um, this guy was. I'm just gonna say his name. It's Satoru Iwata. Okay. So he was the president of Nintendo a couple of years ago. Like he only recently passed. I think maybe five, three years ago. Um, he started off as a programmer. Like, that's what he went to school for. He, he was a programmer. Yeah, 2015. So, four years ago. Um, and he, he didn't found HAL Laboratories, but he was one of the first employees at HAL Laboratories. So they're the guys that make Smash Brothers, uh, all the Kirby games. Mm-hmm. And he was just a really talented programmer. He would, work weekends and he mm. was also really dedicated i mean not to be racist but japanese <laughs> <laughs> he was very japanese he was very dedicated to his craft to his work so thank you for understanding someone put in the chat is that correct he used to say that thank what? you for understanding i don't know Juan solo had thank you for understanding satoru iwata oh yeah maybe that's one of his catchphrases i don't know <laughs> Uh, I think he would say that whenever there would be like a delay or something. <laughs> Thank you. Fair I enough. Was, I was about to say, I don't think CEOs get catchphrases. <laughs> well, you're he, fired. <laughs> Damn he's it. one of the most quoted like CEOs of all time because in, <laughs> in one of the presentations for uh, a release, I don't know exactly what it was for. Uh-huh. 
uh he was out on stage and he said on my business card it says you know i'm a ceo yeah on in my head i think i'm a game developer but in my heart i'm a gamer and that's like one of the most quoted things ever right in terms of leadership this dude was not built to be a ceo like he wasn't some dude that went into school for business and he never saw himself as a ceo obviously by uh-huh. that quote but he eventually worked his way up to be president of hal labs and he was that dude that's just like i'm kind of in over my head on this like i need feedback and he would ask for feedback from the employees and he mm-hmm. would take it to heart like he would actually make changes he is famous for taking a pay cut when the Wii U launched. Oh, yeah, because that shit was awful. Yeah. So <laughs> rather than laying off employees and, you know, dropping morale, mm-hmm. he took a pay cut. He was like, I don't, this is my fault. I was steering <laughs> the ship and we hit the iceberg. Right. It's on me. I'll take the pay cut. Uh, he also put time when he was already president mm-hmm. to help find bugs and program games like he, what yeah, <laughs> like he, he was the guy like going in like all right let me no, go ahead yeah, and find this he bug was, he helped out in smash brothers like to the first one he helped program that and he was already president of hell at the mm-hmm. time i think i yeah. don't think he was president of nintendo yet but he was already president of hell labs at that time he was he also helped uh patch out all the bugs for pokemon stadium one before oh, it launched yeah yeah he also helped program gold and silver uh because of all Pokemon? the success yeah and he didn't even work for game freak he was president of hal <laughs> but uh he helped localize uh the pokemon games for america you mean this pokemon stadium yeah I have Pokemon Stadium. I just want to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> he he helped make this is sure. This a time of remembrance, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I hold a piece of his media. <laughs> I hold a piece of his media and his heart. It's like a Horcrux. If I bre- if I break this, he's dead forever. He doesn't get remembered ever again. I mean, he is dead forever. His his puppet's still in at Nintendo. <laughs> so that that was the other thing. He also wasn't scared to make fun of himself. There's a Muppet of him that they. Oh yeah, I saw that down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a weird question. Just before you continue, as he, Sam like scrolls around Google, that's his famous pose. He would um, do that at the start. Why is he? What's his uh, affection with Luigi? Like why Luigi over Mario? Oh, that was the year of the Luigi campaign. Oh, okay, because like, even another picture shows him in the Luigi hat. <laughs> I'm like, dude is a real gamer if he uh, picks Luigi <laughs> over every other thing, right? <laughs> I mean, there was only ever a year of the Luigi. There was never... <laughs> I mean, sounds like he's playing favorites. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just uh, someone... There's not a lot of good stories or happy endings in, this, in the video game industry right. a lot of the time. A lot of the time you hear like, oh... This this game didn't sell well, so now the studio's dead. It and, doesn't exist. And everyone just dies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My number three tells no games. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, That's the worst. Satoru Iwata is just a dude that like embodies leadership for me. I feel like this is what a leader should be. Someone to aspire to if you're a leader. <laughs> Someone that's not scared to roll up their sleeves and 
get down in the trenches if need be to make sure something is one shipped well like programmed well and everything and two on time right and he did that for many different games well past the point that he should have like he was already above above it air quotes he was a president yeah he should be president of america i mean there's There's rules in the constitution that prevent that (laughs) i think he should be emperor of america (laughs) he's also you know that would require a new constitution i think he would be ghost emperor of america (laughs) and nintendo america rest rest in peace Satoru Iwata. Satoru Iwata. Iwata-san. Thank you for... I think that's the... the yeah, that'd be the proper way. Yeah. Iwata-san. This is, it would be racist if I bowed. Well, I did it anyway. <laughs> Skirting all racial stereotypes. So, <laughs> my next one that I have actually is... Your next six people on your list. <laughs> I... He, I'm tired he's... of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good joke anymore. Stop it. <laughs> one more time. All right, Fabi. Maybe, maybe once I get my number one, because <laughs> my number one is three people. <laughs> but my uh, the third one I have on my list, I had to think like, oh, man, I need like somebody important, some celebrity. I mean, because you guys you know, have people that are not related to you on your list and stuff, and mine were going to be generally those types of things. And I had to kind of think back. I'm like, who's somebody that's died that I look up to or in terms of or at least enjoyed their entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And I found one where I was like, oh my God, this person was so integral into my childhood and to my sense of humor that if I didn't put him on this list, it'd be upsetting for everybody involved in my mind. And it's Animal from the Muppets. It is not Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> it is Barney the Dinosaur. No. <laughs> he's still no, alive. He's still That's the thing. A lot of my comedy hero type guys are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was like Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is like 95 years old. He's still alive. He's still, yeah. he's he's still, still doing he's the voices uh, in Adam Sandler movies, I think. Sometimes. Right. No, he's still fucking kicking and alive and great. Who's older, though? Mel Brooks or... Uh, the old lady that doesn't refuses to die. You mean uh, uh, Betty White? Betty White? Yeah. I think Mel Brooks is older, like Sad. by a little no, bit. I think Betty White is like ninety eight. Shit! <laughs> Time to ignore what I was looking up. Betty White age. We have her at ninety seven. Ni- she's ninety seven years old. Three more years from that one zero zero number. God damn! How old's Mel Brooks then? I did not think Betty White is 100 years old. Dude, her birthday's coming up soon, too. Look at that. January. <laughs> Shit, was it January something? 17. Mel Brooks, age. God damn it. Let's see here. 93. 93. Consider me wrong, but still, he looks very old. But He's Jewish, bro. He don't age well. Still not dead, though, so he doesn't make the list. <laughs> but um, my number next one is... My number next one. I didn't want to say the name, is going to be... Somebody who I watched all no. of his things growing up. Is this on your list? No, he ain't on my list, but I mean, you say your story, then I'll say my bit about this. All right, because I used to just watch constantly the movie Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah. And then I would just watch this episode when YouTube came out. This was the one thing that I would just watch on a loop all the time. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Farley. From what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. <laughs> not for writing, I'm sorry. but for rolling so doobies. Much about she does. It should. You're going to be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river. 
Like just the fact that you can get fucking David Spade cracking up, breaking character. Everything he did just made me fucking laugh all the time. Billy Madison, he was in there for a couple scenes and he stole that damn <laughs> He's movie. The best part. He's like, somebody stole our lunches. Who could have made off with 20 school lunches? He was 20 seconds. <laughs> His face is so red with glee. Oh my God. Um, I mean, at the end of this fucking scene where the table that he <laughs> goes through is not a breakaway table. He yeah, just no, improvised that. I want to live yeah. in a van down by the river. Oh, shit. We're going to here. Are you asking yourselves, hey, Matt, how can we get back <laughs> on the right track? Well, as I see it, there is only one solution. And that is for me to get my gear, gear. <laughs> move it on in here, because I'm going to bunk with you, buddy. We're going to be buddies. We're going to be pals. We're going to wrestle around. <laughs> <laughs> Old Matt's going to be your shadow. Here's you. Here's Matt. There's you. There. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. <laughs> And like just that level of, of mastery of improv of just being able to just uh, get the most out of everything squeeze every last bit of humor out of every scene he's in fucking making an argument about chess or no checkers uh, from black sheep do you guys remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can win every game if you never move your back row ever come on like just how angry he got there's something so genuine about everything he did and i hope one day that i can get to a level where no matter what i'm doing the level of genuineness it just comes from here 100 percent of the time uh and that's what this was that's everything that he did i look up to it man because it's just like not only was everything just so funny you know, so quotable, fat guy in a little coat. I say that to this day. I said, we were talking about that the other day. Like, well, someone said, what's the funniest line in a movie? And I was like, fat guy in a little coat's up there, definitely. Um, half the shit, man. Like, half the shit he said could have been one-liners that you could have just made in your number one on any one of his stupid movies. But that's my next one. Chris Farley. Marco. So I'm just going to add on to your thing a little bit just because... So I'm not the biggest Chris Farley fan, just because he kind of came and went before I got really into comedy. Right. But my favorite writer is, his name is David Wong. He wrote an article about depression. Mm-hmm. And like the whole, like one of the premises is, you don't need to look him up or anything. Fine. He's still alive. Um, <laughs> but he writes an article about depression where he talks about like, it's the whole famous, like, we don't, um, you don't expect people to be depressed, blah, blah, blah. And, um, this dude is one of those examples. Mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Farley's last words were him coked out while the hooker beat the shit out of him, and he's still begging her not to leave. That's the mental Fuck. image that is ingrained in my head over Chris Farley. Like, the last thing he ever said to anyone in this world was, please don't go to the hooker that beat the shit out of him. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. And that that's just... I mean, well, we don't remember that part. <laughs> you can you fucked up person but no uh that's the thing that kind of comedy that's the fucked up part is that i often think that man i can never be that funny because i don't have that much tragedy in my life a lot of people who are have had a lot of tragedy are the most funny right so on most like stand-up comedy lists uh richard Pryor is number one uh-huh. richard Pryor was raped mm-hmm. as a child blah blah, blah. um but george carlin's number two never had anything bad happen to him yeah but he's also just fucking angry all the time 
Just nothing bad all... happened to <laughs> Something did because he had a pissy attitude all the time. He lived in I've this... read his autobiography. He's just smart. Fuck you. <laughs> are you mad? Why are you mad at me? I'm just saying this is actually me being kind of like a little bit uh, optimistic. Hey, bro, you can be funny without be- the worst thing. With the worst thing happening to you is that somebody stole your BMX finger bike. Fucking Sanjeev! <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, um, no, but like. I even think of like modern people, like people that you don't think. Um, Adam Devine. Do you remember? And you know Adam Devine. The uh, he was one of the guys Adam on Levine is Adam Devine is from Workaholics. He's uh-huh, the yeah. the one, and he's also in uh, the curly hair dude. No, the the old short black haired oh, one. Oh, the dude or, that does, that, that plays the same role in every movie. But yes, I love yeah, him yeah. And I lo- <laughs> he was in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, that guy's pretty funny, right? And then I saw him on was it? I forgot what it was, but Ellen? he was like, no, I think it might have been Hot Ones or something. And he was like, oh yeah. I got a truck hit me when I was a kid and I was laid up for months at a time and I just was like watching comedy shows and that's how mm-hmm. I got a flair for comedy. It's like fucking everybody has something tragic. Colbert <laughs> lost like six of his eight brothers and his dad in a plane crash. Like that guy has a lot of shit going on and, and it's just like, my God, like that's, yeah, but I hope that's not a prereq. <laughs> it's not a prereq because like Joe Rogan didn't have anything besides not fitting in. Like that pretty much is the only actual requisite. You don't, not fitting in so you can see society differently to make funny jokes. Oh. Yeah. I, f- I fit in pretty good. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I don't. <laughs> but yours, other than making me sad about so Chris Farley. I'm glad that you started the, this um, iteration by saying, hey. Um, oh, and oh, by the way, real quick before you continue. Uh, Juan Solo asks, should we add a counter every time ta- Sammy tells Mark to uh, fuck off? Because right now he's at three. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> you can keep the counter rolling. And if you donate every time I tell him to fuck off, I will be rich. So help me out here. Hey, Juan Solo, wait till we play Gang Beast and he can't throw me away. Ooh. Also, the hooker stole his watch. That's pretty fucked up, too. Oh, who's, who said that? Juan Solo. Yeah. Uh, back to you. So I'm glad you started this iteration by saying, hey, I need a celebrity because uh, everyone else is going to have one. So I'm just throwing one in there. It's Robin Williams. Um, yeah, that was the yeah. other one where it's like, because Robin Williams. I didn't see Patch Adams. <laughs> grew up. Well, I didn't see Patch Adams either. He just kind of grew up with me, right? In the sense that I was uh, a little baby, Marco, um, and then I saw Aladdin, where he's like, "Hey, bro, let me see what I can do to help you." And then like, it's this magical dad figure, right? And then you're like a confused teenager, and you watch Dead Poet Society, um, and then. As an angry dude in my 20s, Goodwill Hunting probably is top five movies of my entire life. Okay. And um, so he's just kind of always had a role to be there a little bit. I mean, not one hour photo, obviously, but. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, was he Bicentennial Man? <laughs> was that him? That yeah, was that him. Was him. him. But that was, we don't talk about that one either. Oh, okay. That's when Disney's never done sci fi well. Yeah. Uh yeah, because that was have. the one with George Clooney. That didn't fly either. Yeah, was that Tomorrowland? Wasn't Tomorrowland? Yeah, but and no, Treasure yeah. Planet. Damn it, Atlantis. Fuck, <laughs> I like all of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Robin Williams. Yeah, in general, he's just always had this outlook of like, hey, bro, just go out there and do your best. And and the, I, um, understand suicide probably a little bit better than most people. Like, than an average person, because they're like, oh, man, I don't get it. Like, why would someone like Robin Williams do it? And, and you're like, I totally get why he would do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's always just been an important thing. Like, I mean, literally the speech that he gives, um, is it Matt Damon? Yeah, it's Matt Damon on the bench, where he's like, uh, 
you don't know as much as you think you know, and there's so much for you, for you to experience. Like, is one of the most like. Yep. I don't know. If we want to play all four minutes. I don't know, but let's go ahead and jump in the middle of it. Cover, give me a silver. Say your personal favorites. You may have even been laid a few times. Awesome. <laughs> but you can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. I ask you about war, you'd probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap and watch him gasp his last breath looking to you for help. I ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I don't want to get copyright infringed, but yeah. Sounds like some fatherly advice for someone who's very smart but not learned. And then I've actually been on the Robin Williams end of the spectrum where you try to calm someone down. It's like, bro, it's not your fault. You're not the bad person. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, in general, I mean, uh, there's a weird thing that happens with death where... uh, you die. Well, that's not that weird. That's okay, fair just enough. the lights turning off. Um, people start becoming a little bit of mythology. Like, and it doesn't need to be as grand as a celebrity, but it could just be like, oh man, um, my uncle really tried hard to like his work ethic becomes his mythology, right? Or someone's compassion right. becomes his mythology. Mm-hmm. And Robin Williams' compassion and caring, his like upbeat, optimistic, like that is his mythology that I try to aspire to in mm-hmm. a way. There you go. That's your next one. JJ, that brings us to your third one. My third one, yeah. So I'm going to try to piggyback as best as I can because it's not a comedian. Right. Um, but he is kind of a father figure uh, and someone that you can totally aspire to. Uh, my third pick is Mr. Rogers. Oh, that's a gimme. Let's go see that movie, bro. Won't you be my my neighbor? neighbor. (laughs) Hello, neighbors. So, yeah, we can laugh because, like, his mythology is that he was super nice. But then, like, you actually research him. Right. He was legitimately that nice. Oh, yeah. There was something probably wrong with him because he's so nice. He, Yeah, he's the type of dude that, like, you read into him and you're like, God, even if you're, like, a really nice dude. Like, you're like, I didn't yell at anyone today. You're like, Mr. Rogers was still nicer than you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Even at my best, I'm still not as good yeah, as Mr. You, Rogers. And, and you know what's really cool about Mr. Rogers? So there's a, there was a famous uh, interview, I think, that he did. Uh-huh. And uh, the somewhere along the interview, someone asked, like, oh, well, what do you eat? And Mr. Rogers said, oh, I'm a vegetarian. And he's like, well, why are you a vegetarian? And Mr. Rogers says, well, I couldn't eat anything that has a mother. And then the interviewer like felt bad. He's like, oh, shit, well, I'm not a vegetarian. And Mr. Rogers said, no, that's okay. That's your choice, and I accept you for it. 
that is so nice. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, just think of all the times that someone on the internet's like, "Nah, Xbox is better." Well, fuck you, dickweed, <laughs> and your mother. <laughs> Most things end up with your mother being insulted on the internet. Let's be completely honest here. Uh, we've all I don't, uh, we've all done it. I think I've done it at one point in time, but. But yeah, no, I watching. Uh, what was it? Won't you be my neighbor? Not the yeah, yeah. the trailer. Not the trailer. What's what's the documentary one? Oh, I don't know what it's called. The documentary I, one. I saw that one I'm last summer. Forward to that movie though. Well, I mean, it, the only reason why I don't look forward to that is because Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanks to me. Doesn't look like it's he's just America's like, dad though. Yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> Tom Hanks would be on this list if he passed away. Like he has not done a bad thing that we know about they're gonna meet to him i feel <laughs> and it makes me incredibly sad like he, he's gonna look at somebody the wrong way one time dude, and... mr rogers died without being me too like it can't happen no. george carlin dude, died they're like someone tried to find dirt on mr rogers and be like all right everyone's people sent him fan mail there's no way this dude is nice right so someone asked like hey people that sent fan mail to mr rogers did you guys get a reply and everyone said yes shit he took time out of his day out of his morning he separated like four three hours i don't know how much but he took time out of his day every morning to sit down and reply to each and every fan letter that he got fuck i wouldn't even do that right (laughs) and i love you guys but still i would i'd be like and Sam gets one letter a year (laughs) i don't even know how to write my fucking mail dude (laughs) I don't even respond to fucking Twitter messages. <laughs> that's fucking crazy, man. Like, that's the thing about him. Uh, the one thing I like, because obviously I'm a uh, TV film historian type of guy, mm-hmm. like not necessarily of the film's content themselves, more so the relation to like American history. Obviously, uh, Mr. Rogers' uh, pitch to or for PBS, right, uh, yeah. with to Congress. What the hell? <laughs> what? Wow, for BS. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers. It's two for PBS, not PBR, PBS. There we go. So essentially, he went up to uh, the Senate subcommittee. Actually, yeah, there you go. Let's, just look. Let's watch the video. Fred Rogers appeared before the U.S. Senate Commerce Committee requesting funds to help support the growth of a new concept, national public television. And oh, so man. he went on. No, he went on and he went up against these rough and gruff fucking Senate committee members. And he's just like, hey, I think uh, children should have quality programming. And I feel like there's lots of violence and they should not be exposed to violence because they're all unique individuals and we should love them all individually. And yeah. and the guy was like, well, what do you mean? They're all individuals. And he's like, well, if you show people love and respect, they tend to the research shows that they're a lot nicer and everything's much better. The guy's like, well, shit. Kind of have a point. You get your funding. <laughs> like that's literally how this ends. Hold so, on. So we need him back whenever Trump's like PBS is losing all its funding. We need him for anything Trump fucking does. Honestly, <laughs> like he would be like he'd be like saying hey against Ayuki. <laughs> but like if you, I mean, you can catch just like the last couple minutes of this, and he just sums up exactly what his whole message was when it comes to public broadcasting. Oh shit! Let me go to the audio, which I feel is very important. Yes. This has to do with that good feeling of control, which I feel that the children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children do- doing puppets in, in very personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad, you could bite. When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong, 
and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Did you just say yes, Marcus? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop any time. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned the twenty million dollars. <laughs> Fucking twenty million nineteen seventies dollars just by being who he was. There's mm-hmm. no fake there. He's not putting on a show. He's not mm. it was not scripted. It was just like I'm gonna read this. He was thing. one of the hardest persons to interview because you not because he couldn't get anything out of him, but because he genuinely wanted to get to know you. Right. If you ever went to visit the set of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, there would be a photographer that would, you know, take a picture. You know, whenever you would reach a certain point, like, right. oh, this is the set. This is the neighborhood of make-believe. Let's get a picture here. But Yeah. So he and then, you know, he'd talk to you and he'd give you the interview. Right. And he'd get to know you just as well as you got to know <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he knows me. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then a bunch of interviewers after they left, he would send them a scrapbook of the time they visited Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. What the fuck, man? Not just that. Inevitably, one of the questions that he would always ask was, so when's your birthday? Or like, you know, it comes off as like random, like, oh, well, I was born on October 25th. Right, right. He would call up on October 25th and be like, hey, you said it was your birthday today. I just wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday. Why can't Mr. Rogers be alive now? I mean, why can't you just be nicer and? Be- <laughs> He's because I'm not Mister. I didn't work with children and I didn't learn poems about them. Mister Rogers is something to aspire to. Yes, and you can work with children tomorrow. I need paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just be like, "Hey, kids, you want to learn?" Hey, hey. <laughs> Mister Rogers wouldn't let paperwork stop him. <laughs> oh no! You he built bitch. a whole neighborhood. <laughs> For the children. <laughs> you made a whole make-believe church ch- church neighborhood for the children. He was a pastor. He did. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that wasn't one of the requirements, but <laughs> my it last didn't name, hurt. My last name is not Rogers. <laughs> is that well, your you excuse? got me on there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I can be him, but that's... You're the third choice. My second choice, now they're going to get quicker, because um, these ones are a little more personal, so it's more so like... Oh, it's only two people this time. Oh, it's like seven. But uh, no, it's actually somebody. That's your last the one. <laughs> the 1967 Golden it's, State Warriors. No, it's the 1976 <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Um, no, it's oh, Willie Brown. No, he died uh, this last week, but no, not him. Uh-oh. So my number two, second one, last second to last one that we're talking about today is going to be someone that passed away this year uh, close to me and actually got drunk uh, at the holiday party and talked to him with you, JJ. I remember uh, my this. Uncle Bob. My Uncle Bob, man. So Uncle Bob, just a little bit about him. Uh, went to high school with my dad. So he was a... So it was, it's kind of weird. So my parents, they knew each other in high school. 
my dad's sisters were friends with my mom's sisters. They were all the, roughly the same age. And so my parent, my parents kind of met through them where I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then my uncle Bob knew my dad because he went to the same high school, ended up marrying one of my mom's sisters. That's how that's, that's how long my dad has known him. That's how long the family's known him. But Uncle Bob, during the time, which was the 70s, when they were in high school, what happened in high school times in the 70s, there was a draft. And whereas my dad got drafted high, he had like a five something or 250 or whatever. I think the draft was in the 60s. Then it was the 60s. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, there were, yeah, it was like late 60s, whatever. And um, my Uncle Bob pulled like 15. Like he got straight up classic drafted. So then he went to to fight in the war and then he got injured during a grenade training exercise. They threw a grenade over the bricks barricade. He did it. You drop down, you cover your ears. Well, the guy in his training class next to him threw it up. It bounced back. <laughs> Shit. Drop down. Boom. Not lost his front teeth. And I didn't know that until like I was in like middle school where he was like, hey, <laughs> Clicked them out. I was like, ah! oh, no. <laughs> I did not know that they were perfect. Anyway, the, so. bar- the barrier now is as high as like the desk in front of you now. Oh, so not very. I yeah. can throw over that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Bob, for that regulation. You better thank Uncle Bob. No, but um, and his so legacy lives on. His legacy lives on through the minutia of army <laughs> training. Um, but anyway, so whereas like, where my dad kind of went one path, he went another path. And my dad was able to kind of scrounge up a little success, uh, you know, finding it out. And not to say that Uncle Bob wasn't successful, but he just was, he was doing manual labor. He was delivering stuff and things of that sort. And he had a funny joke that actually my dad reminded me of, uh, the other day when I was talking to him. He was like, you know, my Uncle Bob delivered, like, at this time when he told the joke, was delivering like water bottles for like Alhambra or whatever. Uh-huh. And he was like, you know, you made a mistake when you're 40 years old and you have a name tag. <laughs> and he had a name tag of Bob on his jersey. And so I was like, Ha. Oh, <laughs> and so it was like that's the kind of guy he was. It was just sure. like everything's kind of absurd. Nothing really matters. It's all just kind of a joke and stuff. And so, but you know, he raised my cousin to be a good kid. Married to my my aunt and stuff. And and they they were good for a long time. But then, but we're talking about memories and stuff. And I want to see if I can find it. I took a screenshot of one of his stupidest jokes he used to tell. And uh, fuck it, I'm not even gonna tell that one. But essentially, it was an old McDonald's joke about some special ed kids on a bus. And so it's pretty great. <laughs> I wish I had the balls to just read it, but I don't. Because <laughs> it has a reference like an old 90s burger thing that nobody's ever going to know. But I will say Sash one thing. sauce. No, it was. Uh, uh, no, it was two. What is it? Two all beef patties, special sauce. sauce lettuce, lettuce, sweet. Okay, fuck yeah. it. JJ gets it. So I'm going to read the joke that he once told me off the top of his head because I found it on Reddit. So. Um. So, bus driver gets a new job. What's up? Go on. It's a stupid anecdote joke. Anecdote joke. And so he was like, "Okay, guy gets a bus driver job, and they give him a bus with all these fucking Sesame Street characters on, fucking Grover and Big Bird and stuff." And he's like, "What gives? Like, I'm driving a city bus. Why do I have all this stuff?" He's like, "When you get a promotion, you can get the cool bus. But until now, you have this one, right?" And so he sets off for his first stop, and the boy gets on. He says, "Uh." Guy's name Ross, and, and Ross goes, "Hey, you know, I'm your new bus driver, Ross." And then the guy goes, "Hello, sir. I'm Lester G." Kid sits down, takes his shoes off, starts scratching at his feet, peeling skin off. Ross is, is the bus driver's pretty disgusted, but he he needs to go to the next stop. He's trying to make his money. There, two very overweight girls board. He greets them. They chime back, "Hi, we're the Patties." 
They sit down and immediately delve into the Twinkies in their lunchboxes. Then another boy gets on, and Ross says, Hi, I'm Ross, your new bus driver. And the kid says in a very nasty tone, Oh, yeah? Well, I'm Ross, too. But you can call me Special Ross, you dig? So they carry on, but it's chaos. The patties are getting crumbs all over the place. Twinkie wrappers out the window. Lester's flicking foot skin everywhere. Special Ross is smacking them all over the head. Ross drops them off at the school and calls his boss. I quit. Why? Do you know what it's like to drive two obese patties, special Ross Lester B picking bunions on a Sesame Street bus? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. You're not happy with that. He finds it hilarious. I found it hilarious because he said it flawlessly. And that's that's one of three things I'll bring up. That's one. Two is what made me cry last weekend. So one thing uh, when we do for Christmas as a memory is every Christmas we have a bonfire and and my cousin Daniel, who's his son, loves that shit. Wait, Daniel's son? (laughs) That's worse. (laughs) You should take a lap for that, but you can abstain for now. But but my my cousin Daniel, Uncle Bob, and this is kind of back in the prime. He stopped drinking in his later years. uh, but we would drink and we'd have the fire. We'd just be lying and telling stories and stuff. And it was always a good time. And the reason why I got sad was because this Christmas would be the first Christmas without him. And, and without him around the fire, drinking no duels, I guess, as of, as of late. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, was that we had a bonfire at that party we were at. And I was like, I've been drinking. And, and of course. And I was just got to thinking. I was looking at the fire. It was cold. It was perfect. And it just reminded me of that Christmas cold bonfire. And I remember telling you, JJ, I was like, look, my uncle passed away. And right now, when I look into the fire, he's there. Because when you look into a fire, it's just darkness around. You can't see anything else. Mm-hmm. And so for a moment when I was sitting there, he was like there. I might get teary-eyed talking about it, but he was there. It was like, oh, shit. Like, he wasn't there. He, not in Texas. He never been in Texas. Never was about it. But I looked in that fire, and he was there. Like, I could feel him there, like lying or just being quiet in that kind of mode where everyone just kind of takes a drink of their drink and stops talking for like a half second. And then they start mm-hmm. talking like lying and shit. And he was there. And then uh, it's a funny joke. He's a hater. Thank you, Lucky Shot. But <laughs> thank thank you, Uncle Bob. But then uh, if I were to think about him, uh, let's see. He meant that for me. Daniel's son is a funny joke. Oh, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so he introduced and when we would have, be at his house or whatever, he would play a certain band from Sacramento, California called Tower of Power. This was his, one of his favorite bands. He'd always play them at his parties and... Anytime you hear this song, you'd hear this trumpet in particular. I think of my Uncle Bob. Let's see if it'll not play now. Nope. I mean, that's a cool song, too. Ready for an outstanding show yeah, with Charlie Wilson. Charlie no, we are talking about Tower Powers. You're still a young man. So you hear this. This is like Uncle Bob's fucking like, signal call. You want to talk about entrance music? <laughs> He'd walk out to this. And the song premise, essentially, and it's it's, it's a really nice song. Uh, so it's, you're still... I'll wait for it to kick in a little bit. Still a young man, baby. Ooh, don't waste your time. Essentially, it's about a guy who's lovesick on this girl. And he's like, I'll give everything to you. I love you. And then the background chorus is like... You're still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the whole song is like, I'm not a young man, baby, and I know I love you forever. And it's just like the, the background singer's like, Chill out, bro, you're still a young man, you there's plenty of other girls, and he's just like, I love you, baby. Like, it's, it's a really great song. And if I, if you hear those trumpets, Uncle Bob, 
And so I, I, it's like one of those things, like a Horcrux, where as long as the song exists, he'll exist too. And that's what I like about it. And so all of those things together, uh, if I had more, I won't drink to him because I think the drink took him. But uh, this is to you, Uncle Bob. <laughs> this is fate of a lot of Mexican folk. The, the drink is a, a little bit of a bastard. I made that joke at the top of the show about putting out shit for a friend does that. <laughs> we'll usually take out the guy and put a, you know, a couple Coronas out there for him. But uh, yeah, I remember Uncle Bob and next up, Marco. So I'm, um- I know what your number one is, so I'm just separating mine a little bit just cool. to go a little bit more in detail. So number two is just my grandma, Alicia Flores. Yeah. Um, but she, it's hard to talk about her and it not be super typical. Oh, yeah. Because like... Because well, Mexican grandmas are awesome. Yeah, yeah. But on top of that, I was her favorite. There's a chocolate Ooh. named after her. What? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't I eat wouldn't that. Eat <laughs> <laughs> Except Nestle has an old white lady. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Um, so my mom is the baby of that generation. Mm-hmm. So I was the last one. I was the baby of the baby. So um, I think that's why. But also, I I don't know. I also sometimes play with this idea that my grandma was a little bit of a fortune teller. Because huh. her, fav- her other favorite is my cousin Danny. And we're both super macho army people. Uh-huh. Like, and everybody else just kind of is dying in Eagle Pass slowly. Oh, uh, <laughs> Wop, wop. That's sad. <laughs> Do we need to remember them? <laughs> uh, well, if they're dying, they're not dead. But okay. um, I hope they remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's all the typical stuff of like she was the like the recipe for her handmade tortillas and how the way she did it died with her. Like none of my ah, that's so frustrating. <laughs> that's something that I'm scared of. Like legit, the next <sighs> time I go to Eagle Pass, I've even talked to Juan about this. I'm like, I'm gonna tell Grandma to show me how to make the malas because like my mom knows. But my mom is also notorious for, like, not following recipes. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and, like, I'm pretty sure my grandma's tortillas died with her. And I'm like, fuck, they were my, of the two grandmas, Grandma Julie, I love you. But <laughs> but she makes them a little thicker, and they're still very good. Uh-huh. My grandma B, we'll talk about her later, she used to make them, like, fucking almost clear, like, translucent. <laughs> oh, they were so good. Go ahead. Um, and then, I mean... As a child, I took advantage of it. I remember I'd go up to my grandma and be like, Abuela, mom hit me. <laughs> when she didn't? <laughs> no, she did, but I deserved it. That's the thing. I was a bad child by everybody's spectrum. Fair enough. <laughs> In fact, when I went to my... No. Um, <laughs> when I went to my cousin's wedding, I think it was a year ago, they were like, how did you become such a good adult? You were such a terrible child. <laughs> I went to the army. <laughs> I got my teeth blown out. <laughs> I got my teeth. I'm not your Uncle Bob. Yeah, Uncle Bob, he didn't have front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> had the cool dentures? Yeah, he had the cool dentures. <laughs> Clicked in to creep me out. But anyway. <laughs> did he ever like... Tell you a horror story or just like randomly click. He would do that for my younger cousins. He'd be like, like, "Ah!" (laughs) still, it was still pretty creepy, but he did that shit. But, uh, but but your grandma, man, just good old fashioned grandma, good old fashioned Mexican grandma. She only passed away like two or three years ago. Like she actually lived pretty old compared to my grandpa, like six year, seven year difference. That'll do it. I didn't even know my grandparents on my dad's side. They both died before I was cognizant. Yeah. Like, one died the year I was born, and the other one died when I was three. Right. So, there you go. JJ, your next one. Right. So, I kind of can't transition into this, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'm sorry I threw you a hardball, bro. So, it's, it's Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> He's his own grandpa. So. 
Uh, <laughs> I think he's his own dad, isn't Not it? Yet. Yeah, he's his own dad. Oh uh, Fry's his own grandpa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's fucking right. That's gross. Um. But uh, this guy can be considered America's grandpa, or at least comic book fans' grandpa. Stan Lee would be on my celebrity ofrenda. Oh my god! Just because so much of his work and his writing really, really influenced me, and it actually ties into my my next choice. Uh-huh. But I'll I'll wait until you know we get to that point, but. I mean, yeah, like it's fucking he, Stan Lee. Yeah, I mean, what who, else is who? Else? What else is there to say about Stan he, Lee? Yeah, he's a dude that's not going to be forgotten anytime soon. He's someone that doesn't really need to be on a list, quote unquote. But It'd, you'd be remiss without including him, right? Um, he's one of those dudes, also like Mister Rogers, that like everyone that's met him doesn't have a very bad thing to say about him what do you mean <laughs> like he had a falling out with jack kirby the one of the artists right true believer <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to get my stanley like, glasses on for this one kevin smith is famously really close with stan when when he was around and he put him in mall rats and stuff uh-huh. and so like every story kevin smith tells is like no when you met stan like he was Stan. That's right, right. genuinely him. Uh, another like Kevin Smith quote that I really like about Stan Lee is that like a bunch of people get into like the comic book industry and they were like, ah, oh, I wanted to be you know uh, an actual artist and like draw. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every time I talk to Stan Lee, it's like no matter what he says, I'm like, dude, you always just wanted to be Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be anything. I just want to be Stan Lee. <laughs> I want and, to be a and, true believer. And that's what he became. Like he he was he was like Mr. Rogers. He accepted you. Like he he created the the fan club. He's the reason that like uh Comic-Con exists. Right. Like right. he he's a great uniter. He brought everyone together in his works and he was just a really really nice guy. My brother accidentally met him at Comic-Con one time. <laughs> but accidentally met him, he went out of an elevator. Saw an old man quietly walk by. He looked back, and that guy waved at him. And then my brother kind of nodded and looked away. He goes, "Oh shit, that was Stanley!" And then, and then went, ding, ding, yeah. right behind him. And that was my brother's one brush with Stanley. Didn't recognize him as like Stanley, more right, like right. a kind of a courtesy nod, just like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, oh, hey, excuse hey, me, nice yeah, you know, excuse me," kind of passing by. I never met the guy, and every, as soon as yeah, he died, everyone was like, "I took a picture with him at a con." It's like, yeah, yeah. Did you ever meet him or do any of those kinds of stuff? Got the chance to meet yeah. him? Yeah, I never paid that five hundred dollar bullshit. It's a lot him. of money. Like Norman Reedus was like two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. I also have never understood like how it's cool. Like just in the sense, like I know, I feel like you're asking too much for a celebrity a lot of the time to take a picture with them, and. On the other hand, asking me for five hundred dollars to take a picture with you—it's like why? Like, there's like, yeah, there's they're, literally right. two thousand people that did this this weekend. I'm not special, but for doing this, right? Um, when you commercialize it like that, I I do kind of like fall off on it, but right. at the same time, if it's someone that you held in high esteem, right? And uh, like that, expl- that kind of goes back to uh, my cousin. Uh, is one story that always cracks me up about um, Lou Ferrigno, who's oh. notoriously fucking awful. 
at at those <laughs> cons. Like you can't look at him, you can't take a picture of him from far away. He wants to charge you, and that's exactly what happened with my cousin. He sees Lou Ferrigno at his booth. Nobody's in his line, uh-huh. and he pulls out his phone, and he goes and he takes a picture. And then Lou Ferrigno has got people comes up and grabs his like puts his hands on my cousin's phone. He's like, "What are you doing? Hey, hey, you owe him fifty bucks for that picture. You delete it now, or you give him fifty bucks." And, and my cousin, who's kind of a big dude, former football player, uh-huh. goes, "He goes, I had this thought. Either one, I fight Lou Ferrigno. All right, you fight the Hulk. F- <laughs> and there's only two outcomes. One, isn't this a skit in like a Paul Rudd movie? It could be because one." You get your ass kicked by the Hulk, which is, you can't beat that. Two, you kick the Hulk's ass, which is also awesome. But then in real life, it's just a deaf guy, an old deaf man. So that's not quite as cool. Right. There's not as much street cut. Right. It's like, I beat up an old deaf guy. It's like, I don't know if I want that reputation. Or three, just delete the photo. And I think he ended up just deleting the photo. But that crossed his mind. And I think that would have been fucking awesome if my fat ass, like he's not my cousin's not a fat ass. He's a fat dude who's like bulky. He's like built like E Honda, whereas like it's all shredded underneath. And so having like this fucking remember Street Fighter the movie yeah. <laughs> when it was uh, E Honda the Hawaiian E Honda yeah, versus yeah. Zangief, it would have been like that. <laughs> fucking Godzilla noises, just, ah! <laughs> right? It would have been fucking great. But that is your. Uh, second to last one that we're talking about. Yeah. Cool. And I'll lead into your last one. And my, and my last one, Marco, you already knew what it was because I kind of led with it, is going to be uh, my three grandparents that are no longer with us. So Grandma Julie's still here. She's doing good. We don't know how old she is. <laughs> so she has two different documents. One, so her birthday's in like September. One's in November. And, my mom has that same problem. Right. And so then there's, yeah. So then she, but she's like in her late 80s and she's doing good. Also, uh, I didn't know her that well, but honor, honorable mention for dead relatives. Um, <laughs> We would call her uh, Mama Mama Maria is how we call her Mama Maria, but we just shortened it. She lived to be 102 years old. That's that's rare for Mexicans. Yeah, so that was my grandma's mom, 102 years old. Died when I was like 16, whatever. First funeral I ever went to. She was she was there up until about 99, (laughs) and that's a long time to be like. Um, and one time she was in the home and she took the bus to the casino herself. (laughs) She was like 92. It's like. You can't just leave. <laughs> you can't just leave the home. But they're like, eh, she's an adult. She's fine. Whatever. And and that goes down to all three of my grandparents that have passed uh, so far. Um, that's going to be first with my uh, grandpa Gilbert, who I never had a chance to meet. He died in 88 or 89. And then I was born in 90. Good years. Good years to die. Yeah, you know. And so the thing with him, you're talking about legends. Um, I, kn- I know nothing but legends about him, which is the funny part. So uh, first legend, he was in the Navy. And they go, he was 16 years old. And he goes, hey, I want to sign up for the Navy. I want to see the world. And they're like, how old are you, son? 16, 16. Get out of here. And he got back in line. Son, how old are you? I'm 18. All right, sign up. Let's go. <laughs> so he lied about going to the thing. He went out there. He, I don't know if he even, like, he was out there on the boats fighting people. He just boxed for fun. Um, Shit, my uncle did that. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I don't know if he ever fought or anything. I think he, he showed up late war. So the war ended and whatever. We got his flag and everything. So, and, and so he's, his documents are there somewhere. Um, and then, um, and then he was just like, I would hear these crazy stories about him because he was just like, my dad would describe him at his dad as just the most manly man you could ever imagine. One story in particular, my dad's like four years old, five years old, one of those campfire situations at a party. My dad's sitting across from my grandpa. My grandpa's sitting there drinking beer, telling stories. And some guy had a beef with my grandpa. And that dude had a lead pipe. And that dude 
hit the back of my grandma's head with a lead pipe. Now, I, uh, my dad kind of described it as hit him across the head and the back. Uh, okay. So the back might have absorbed a lot of it. But this is what happened. Boom. Ah, <laughs> and my dad goes, he got up. So everyone was like, what? <laughs> One, <laughs> what? He didn't go down. <laughs> Two, he got up. Him and a couple other guys took care of business, I would say. And uh, my dad was about four years old. Don't, don't know what happened to that guy. I'm not saying he died because we don't know that. Right. But let's just say it didn't end up well. And the legend of him being just a, a madman, fi- like just tough guy. He was a migrant worker. He'd go wherever the work was. He would shear sheep with his fucking – my dad has the metal shears. There's just metal shears that are like spring – not even spring-loaded. Just like the metal was bent in a way where it's springy. Forearms for days, just shearing <laughs> sheep, picking fruit, cotton, everything you could fucking do. Coming home, had a farm at one point, and then they sold the farm to move to the city. I took my dad to the fair, and they had the 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 fair fighting, and the guy didn't show up. And they go, "Anybody want to fight this guy for five hundred dollars?" And my grandpa was like, "I'll do it." And he's like, in his forties, <laughs> like early forties, like I'll do it. Gets in the ring, kicks the dude's ass, like just the most <laughs> macho dude ever. And so, and then when you get older, you hear like the 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 reality portions of it, and kind of right. gets grounded. Uh, but essentially, what ended up happening was all the bad things that he that he did was unlearned by my dad. My dad was able to kind of undo all that stuff and then had a good example for me, which was kind of nice. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, he had these crazy stories and he learned, you know, he's not a saint, but he was also not a bad person. He did as much as he could for he was human. His, he was human. Right. And so that's, that's one, uh, two would be my grandpa, Sam, who did die, uh, 2015, I believe. And, um, my namesake, of course, um, I'm technically the third because he had a son. His son never had a son. So my dad asked permission for my uncle to name me Sam and they gave it to him. And he was a drummer. One of the coolest things about him uh, and, and when he died. So he he kind of waited for everybody to get there. I was in Santa Barbara. They go, hey, he's not looking too good. And so I drove down and it was jacked up because when you drive up to California or to, to Fresno, because I was living on the beach, you kind of see the beach before you turn to the mountains. And as I was looking at, there was rays of light, like heaven was beaconing him, kind of calling him home, but not quite yet. And that shit was like kind of beautiful. I, uh, this one hurts. Uh, this one was me and my brother. Um, so he was at a point where he couldn't eat anymore. And so they're just kind of feeding him that they needed to prop him up. And he was in his own bed. And me and my brother lifted him onto the, the, the hospital bed next to his bed. And that's where he ended up dying the next day. So me and my brother literally put him on his deathbed and this kind of, and we were Paul bears and we helped him rest, but that's not the part of the legend. That's cool. And what I would remember him one, I'd remember him as a great drummer. All the males in my family are drummers and musicians. All the girls are singers. (laughs) So like, and then the thing is like, Oh, well, Sam, you're not a singer. You're not a musician. But the fucked up thing is that they manifested in different ways. The fuck am I doing right now? Performing. (laughs) That's from him. The other part, Rhythm. Where, what's one of the only things I can do that's on rhythm that has nothing to do with music? Editing. I take my internal rhythm and my ability to edit to the drum beat that he's able to keep in his blood, and that was given to me. So when he died, everyone was sad, but it was a sunny day out. And the freakiest thing is a sunny day out with a little bit of clouds in the distance. And the thunder started going off. It was like he died, and then God was like, all right, you're on, Sam. And he just started fucking drumming. And then everyone everyone heard it. Everyone was like, oh, that's grandpa. Like every it was this weird thing where like he was just in heaven. And God's like, all right, showtime. And let's see what you got. I, I need a new drummer. 
because God rotates like every other day. But he's like, all right, I need a new drummer. And and so they, he had him play and, and he played for God. That's kind of the story that we that I kind of keep with me, right? right. And then lastly, um, sorry, Marco, uh, was my grandma B. Uh, grandma B passed away. She was, I have to tell this part of the story, which is the sad part of the story, because it shows the length of her fucking immortality so she was the daughter of the 102 year old lady <laughs> called my great grandma so gra- my grandma b lived alone up until about the last 10 months of her life a year of her life because she was just independent she's like i'm not going in a home fuck all that until <laughs> she was home alone and she calls one of us up and she goes oh i haven't been able to move the last two days like grandma what the what <laughs> Now, about a year or maybe a couple months prior, almost a year prior, she kept getting these rashes on her body, on her, in her arms, and her tongue, and her throat, and her everywhere, like these bad, bad rashes. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then we realized, oh, and then she couldn't walk, and so they took her to the doctor, and the doctor goes, oh, she had water in her lungs, her kidneys, the rashes were a blood disease. Okay. And she hadn't been, <laughs> and she hadn't been able to move for the last few days. 96, she happened. This happened. She just kind of dealt with it for two days and was like, uh, hopefully it'll start working again. <laughs> it's not that she couldn't call us. We ch- relatively checked in on her, but she was just like, all right, we'll figure it out. And then they, they cleaned it all out. They got all the, the stuff out. And then she was like, oh, I guess I'm dying. And then she's like, oh, I guess I'm dying. I guess I'm dying. I guess I'm not dying. <laughs> it's like, and then she, she kept living. But then, but that was kind of the thing that, that finally broke her to make her start being old for real and, and sick mm-hmm. and stuff. And she lived. And then at a certain point, she's like, well, I think I'm going to die. And then they were like, well, you're not. You're able to live if you want. Like, if you want to keep going. And then she just kept going. And she just kept going until 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 her body started reacting. Like, oh, we were probably supposed to die at that moment. <laughs> and, and and for whatever reason, that, that immortality gene just kind of kicked in and overrode everything. And so she stayed alive. And then she was what I thought was her deathbed when I left for Texas. And then she went another five months. <laughs> and then I went back and, and it was Paul Bear for her. And... Um, the last story I'll, I'll bring up because it's something I actually have. I wish I had time to pull it out. Um, my favorite memory is remember when we were kids and yo-yos were the shit. Yeah. We were just talking about yo-yos uh, the other day at work. Well, I have a yo-yo at work. You have a yo-yo at work. So I was like, all right, let me remember yo-yos. Why would I remember yo-yos? Cause I always wanted a fucking X brain. You remember X brains? I had that one. I didn't have an X brain <laughs> and I hate you for having one. X brains. I don't remember it. X brains for, for people who don't know the uninitiated. Uh, <laughs> were, were ones was it yo-yo ma was it yo-mega yo-mega uh they had ball bearings in them so they, they could sleep and whiz yeah. forever at the bottom of the string yeah. i always wanted one and i never got one i got one that was close it was cool but it wasn't a fucking x-brain <laughs> but there was i saw him at the mall one time with my grandma and we seldom hung out with my grandma and so it was real it was like real vivid we were, i think we were in like la from with my sister for for something she was accomplishing and we're at the mall and it's like, oh, X-Brain, X-Brain, I want one. And my parents are like, nah, shut up, kid, you fucking dummy. <laughs> they never said that to me, but they're just like, all right, Sam, whatever. And and I was like, oh, damn it. And then we're walking along, we're walking along. And then my grandma, she goes, here. And she gives me this box. And I, I look at it, I'm like, what? It's a box. And I open it up and, I, and out comes just a regular yo-yo <laughs> it was it was a, it was like a chrome blue yo-yo uh-huh. with a little like holographic thing on the side plain jane fucking yo-yo and it, this is the most mature thing that's ever happened in my life this was the shift from kid to kid with some sense my first thought was 
this is not a fucking X brain. This is fu- <laughs> fuck you, everybody. It's not like, I want an X brain. But then my brain went, your grandma bought this for you. Your grandma thought of you and she was considerate of you and she wanted to make you happy. And I was like, oh shit. I better shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit. Thank you, grandma. And I kept it and I still have it. Uh, I don't have the string on it and I took off little plastic edges, but it's still the same chrome, same holographic. It's all scratched up and shit. It doesn't work anymore as a yo-yo. I just got to put some bearings on it or whatever, make it work again. But I still have it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my most prized possessions. And it's this little ugly yo-yo. But it's mine. It's my grandma's. And because she thought of me. And it's not an X-brain. But it's the damn best fucking gift I've ever gotten as a kid. So that's my number one. All three of them. I remember y'all. Marco. After your 20 people and shit. I remember a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I definitely broke up my list, unlike Sam, so that I could focus, especially on my number one. So my family is really backwoods in a lot of ways. In what way? Uh, in the sense that, like, there's a, there's a way that memes were explained to me where it's like culturally they take a while to travel sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that um, when we liberated Iraq, they started playing disco and shit because disco just got there. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, that is liberation music. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, like Japan, like they're they're having a punk. They were having a punk rock phase. Now they're just getting into gangster rap. Is, oh which, shit! Yeah, like you can Google that later. I won't. Uh, <laughs> so my family, being straight from the ranch, like they were migrant workers as well. Um, like my sister to this point, it's like us even getting together. It's like, hey, let's go eat ramen. She's like, that's kind of weird. I don't know if I want to eat ramen. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. But if it's like, hey, Signal's playing. You want to go see Signal? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, she'll come out. <laughs> yeah. And that's just kind of like how a lot of those things in. My grandpa, Andres Flores, would probably have loved living in the modern age. Like, really? Living, like, I would, like, I bought my parents tickets to South, not South by ACL, so they could see the Eagles and they would spent the first, Eight hours of that day being really weirded out. Like, who are these people with colored hair? <laughs> oh, like, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, I remember they brought chairs with them. Mm-hmm. And then they got, like, talked to by a cop. They was like, hey, um, you're not allowed to have chairs here, like, on the desk. And, and my dad was like, that dude's smoking pot right in front of you. Like, you're mad at me about a chair, And the cop's just like, mm, and walked away. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you say, like... This is going to, it should, I had to choose between this transition, but I'm going to do both. When you're like, oh, my grandpa was the most machismo, he was the second most machismo. My grandpa was one of the most badass motherfuckers. Oh, we're having a grandpa off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was a sheriff in Mexico, case closed. Mine was the guy he'd probably have trouble rounding up. He'd need his whole squad. You say have trouble. He didn't have trouble with anybody because he just beat the shit out of them. I think, I, God, <laughs> stutter, stutter, stutter. God, no, I'm asking God for a grandfather holy war fight. <laughs> the stuttering was, God, will you allow our grandfathers to fight just to see who would do it? <laughs> I make it happen, God. <laughs> Stan Lee, you'll be there. All right, true believers, here we go. He's calling it. Yeah, I want Stanley. He's calling the action. Call. It's all getting ready to happen. The entrance music has hit. They're both in the <laughs> ring, and then Mister Rogers walks out and is like, "Hey guys, let's." Uh, do something else instead. No, nah, he'd be down with it. Like, All right, <laughs> you guys want to fight? Yeah. I, I accept I, the fact that y'all want to fight. And Bob Ross comes out and is like, let's paint instead. 
And then Macho Man drops the sweetest suck <laughs> ever. Playtime's <laughs> over. Which, by the way, there is stories about my grandfather. Like, fighting Macho Man Randy Savage? Not fighting Macho Man, fighting the luchadors that would be in Piedras. <laughs> like, they would just go too far with the heel shtick. Well, not too far. They were doing their job. And then my grandpa would shoot shit back at them. Oh, shit. He was a famous shit talker. Like, he also loved baseball. Like, this is one of the... Like last time, my old family got together, and my the other cousin Danny, who's one of the favorites, he would talk about how. So Danny's the only one that played baseball. I played football. I hate baseball, Uh, but my uncle liked. I mean, my grandpa loved baseball, so he'd show mm -hmm. up at all his games and just talk shit like, "Oh, you're gonna strike out." Like he'd catch the miss the ball, and it'd be like, "Of course you did, you piece of shit." (laughs) (laughs) Um, And most famously, it was like. Like he had two strikes, and then you, he's like, "I just heard my, I just heard your grandpa yell from the back. Hey, you want me to get a two by four so you can hit the like you hit the ball?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then he also did like, if you hang around my family, you hear a whole bunch of random stories about like he, um, like would just take random jobs just to see what it was like. Like I don't right. think he got paid, but like he was an extra in the um, the John Wayne Alamo movie. Okay. Like just just yeah. did it. It was just like fuck it. I want to know what Hollywood is like. And right. As a migrant worker, he could never be a star or anything right. like that. But got his uniform. Was like, yeah, I'm an extra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a soldier. <laughs> well, he never learned English, so he never got a. Soy un soldado. <laughs> uh, in fact, like his greeting was, "You vale, Like that was like he would say hi the, every <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> Because he, uh, well, I mean, old people in my neighborhood, like, they just had, like, a, they all were migrant workers. They yeah. had a tight knit group. And then, like, all of them were still doing side hustles. Like, my grandpa was raising chickens until, like, three years before he kicked it. <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, there would be a dude who would show up in a bike, paletas or newspapers. And then they would, he talk shit to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd probably come in. And then when one of them left, they talk shit about that guy that just left. Like, just kind of like <laughs> yeah. ne- normal friend things, but yeah. their generation. It's kind right. of funny. But, uh, and then it's actually kind of like funny to watch that dynamic. And then now it's like, well, I don't hang out in the porch and talk shit, but I do that in Facebook groups now. I, I mean, <laughs> what's the, the Go Fuck Yourself Marco count? Four. Juan Solo has it at four. <laughs> and I'm saying that to your face. Go fuck yourself. Make it five. Because my grandpa could kick your grandpa's ass. Not even close. Oh, I want I want that to happen. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't ask you for much. <laughs> but what, what if we have a dream and we all watch it? <laughs> like, we go to bed tonight and it's just our they grandpa set it up. fucking fighting. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, we're here. <laughs> that'd be, God, if you could make that happen, that'd be tight. But, yeah, but, so, I mean, he, he, Either illegally crossed, like no one tells me the straight story because like the man has become myth, right? Or right. he came through the Bracero program, which is like yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of Chavez and all mm-hmm. this other stuff, I do know either way he got screwed out of getting paid oh. all the time because yeah. it would be like, here's your paycheck. Like they would not. Yeah, here's be your paycheck. Paperwork. It's twenty ten dollars. Hey, I you owe me fifty. To, it goes to Social Security. Right. Like they're oh, not yeah. reporting wages. Well, or yeah. Anything. Well, then they go. Well, then they go. Oh, who are you gonna tell? And they don't want to <laughs> tell, right? So, yeah. That happened more often than not, but yeah. But, um, I think there's a famous story where he beat the shit out of some Native American dude in Montana because he tried to buy my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that just sounds fucked up. <laughs> I mean, there's no... There's only, like, one story I've ever heard of, like, oh, yeah, like, 
the dude showed up with an accordion and the whole like village got together. Like that's a rare story. For the most part, it's like, yeah, we woke up in the morning and picked potatoes. Like it's yeah. a shitty life. Yeah. But do I mean, what they had to do. He would have a lot of fun on this podcast talking shit. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> honestly, that's what I kind of Mr. Rogers, I could take him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that weak ass one. Mr. I want to smile. <laughs> no, um, no, so that's that's kind of go, going to that point, though. Um, when I started doing this podcasting stuff, that shit-talking Mexican kind of nature, I always wanted to capture because I don't think anyone's ever really captured that nature on podcasting or on tv you know well there's not really a famous mexican like george lopez is the last one and he hasn't had a good special in like five years but if you really think about it his were kind of anecdotal jokes they have good anecdotal jokes about oh my grandpa's like this uh there's a comedian freddie soto where he talks about his dad his dad character is my dad essentially Mm -hmm. but you have brought up talking around the campfire you've brought it up and you've done it we've all done it that seems that shit talk that goes around there I don't think it's ever been properly recreated in a, in a way like that you could ever recreate. Because if you go to any one of your parties back home, could you recreate any of the conversations you had? No. But if you had a mic in the middle of it, would that be the funniest shit ever on any given day? Yes. Depends on who's at that fire. No, but in my family, I would say yes, right? <laughs> I'm just being a smart. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But if, but like if my cousin Andy is fucking insane. Like he's He's still alive, of course. But he's like an insane dude. He's way funnier than I'll ever be. Just because he's insane. Like, he just mm-hmm. says the funny, he just has his natural comedy ability. But he's not a, a fame guy. He doesn't want to be on camera. He doesn't want to be famous for any sort of way. It's just that that's who he is. And I've always wanted to recreate that type of comfortableness and that kind of storytelling where we're just telling these lies and talking shit and taking jabs at each other at every fucking turn mm-hmm. in a way that's still like meaningful and, and nice, you know, because people want to be mean to be mean for mean sake, but being Mexican mean is not. It's not the, it's same. Not the same. It comes from love. Right. It's, it's like we have trouble fucking communicating love and appreciation. So we do it by telling you to go fuck yourself, make it six. <laughs> uh, but that was your uh, last to mention. I mean, it's it's a really cool goal. And then, I, like I said, even when it comes to comedy itself, like before you get to capturing this kind of shit loveitude, like I think there's a big hole in Mexican culture right now, like in general. What do you mean? Um, so next week we looked into going to that Mexican, Mexican American. Oh yeah. The, the Mexican or whatever. Yeah. And if you scroll through the thing, it's not very Mexican. They're, they're selling like anime drawings of Goku and Batman. I mean, JJ would make the argument that that's (laughs) quintessential Mexican. It is in a way, but if you like, like we have a friend in one of our group chats that is actually from Mexico. Right. Like, yeah, that's not Mexican. Yeah. Uh, the most Mexican thing that we might actually do is like eat traditional tacos. Right. Well, that's the thing because like there's Mexican, but then there's like rancho. Like that's kind of more our kind of archetype, I guess. But there's, there's, this there's isn't even that. There's, there's sureño. There's so oh, oh, the different. But the, but that's kind of but, our but, type because it's like the northern type. Well, well that's what we and grew then, up. Right. But, like the new thing is probably like Latinx weird culture. Right. I hey, watch it. The sponsors watching. Who? who? Whoever may appreciate us and may want to address us to address ourselves for money as latinx <laughs> well i'm not saying it's it that. is but it's different it's yeah, different it than is, what we grew that's up just with. what i meant it's right. different right because i thought i was chicano and, and i still think i am but people think that's bad now and so i'm trying to figure that out and navigate that but i see what you're saying the 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 
where you could kind of unify under a certain flag or certain things. Now people like are kind George of George Lopez was the last one, like in a in a way yeah, fluffy a little bit, but George Lopez was the last one where it was like we all do this, and it's like yeah, we all do that, you know. Right. And and now and Fluffy's more like I did this, now I'm famous, which is not bad. He deserves the right to have that, but. Yeah, George Lopez would be like, hey, you want a friend fry? It's like, ah, that's the way my mom talks, you know? <laughs> you know, no, my friends are fine. Thank you know, that kind of stuff right there. Uh, and then my spoon, like, we can't even use that one anymore because of all the hyper, it's not hypersensitive. It's, pro- it's not hypersensitive, but it's more accepting and more uh, calling out some of that bullshit, as I mentioned earlier. So it, it's kind of harder to do certain bits of comedy. And it's even harder to address certain parts of Mexican culture when the fucking Mexico fans for soccer still can't stop saying that. That one's a little on the fence. That one's hard. Uh, like it's, it's kind of enjoyable to say, but it doesn't. It's not uh, nice. I'm on the the side where I don't really care about words and language, but uh, that's probably not going to be good for that. Yeah, on the it, other end of the spectrum, though. Um, these conversations need to be had. Also, what is up, Southern Cutie? I hope you're a girl. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to call a dude How a cutie. How far is Southern <laughs> Cutie? Is she from Mexico? Uh, is she's she from, from Oaxaca, Iceland. Or is she from Alabama? I said Iceland. <laughs> is that south? I hope it is. Antarctica. If it has ice in it, it's not from the south. Oh, it's Iceland. What about? I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> the, the South Pole. She's from the South Pole. Antarctica. Yes, what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. Point is. There is no South Pole. We need to have that conversation. That that's a, that's one of the also things that's going to be hard line for us to balance if we ever get kind of famous or get any traction is trying to navigate that line is n- not scholarly in that vein because we're all educated here. But when it starts coming to that and identifiers and stuff, I don't know if any of us are particularly strongly versed in either one of those. So. I mean, the thing is, like, with my punk rock background, it just becomes like, fuck it. Right. I'm a dude. Uh, He's a a dude. dude. She's a dude. dude. We're all dudes. dudes. (laughs) But you're not identifying the type of dude that I am. I am a wear dude. And uh, I wear a tail. Yeah, I wear a tail. Off camera, I'm I'm wearing a tail. That's called the furry. I am a... (laughs) Never mind. I'm not going to make a joke. I'm a furry? No. I'm a furry. My cousin, or my brother, actually made a joke a long time ago that he was dildo kin. <laughs> Just because one, it sounds funny, but two, he's like, I identify as a dildo. <laughs> I feel most comfortable in a vagina. I was like, ah, there it is. You fucking creep. But anyway, uh, Chichi Maniac 01 represent. Or on a shelf. On are they dildo on a shelf? Why not? <laughs> I thought it was like Elf on the Shelf, but just, oh, it's my dildo. I put it everywhere on the holidays. It's my dildo collection. <laughs> but, um, lucky shot there with the Bob Ross. Oh, there it is. But, JJ, uh, the last to remember this year. All right. So, yeah, we're going to stay with Grandpa's. <laughs> Stanley! Oh, you're Stan Lee. Grandpa All Stan right, Lee. So, I said that it ties into to my final pick uh-huh. and, uh, Stanley's. Arguably most famous creation or co-creation, collaboration, uh, is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Everyone identifies with Spider-Man. I always felt that I identified a little bit more than like the average person with Spider-Man in the sense that Spider-Man wasn't raised by his parents. Right. He was raised by Aunt May and famously Uncle Ben. Uh, growing up, when I was a kid, when, you know, after I was born, my parents still had to work. Mm-hmm. So I was raised by my Aunt May and my Uncle Ben, my Grandma Maria, who's still around, thankfully, and my Grandpa Jose. He's not around anymore, sadly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like he was my best friend. He was my dad. He was 
Uncle Ben. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With great power comes get your ass back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I was my grandpa's favorite because I was the one that stayed. Oh. Like I said, we're the black sheep. I'm I'm still like me and Juan are still my grandma's favorite because we're the ones that stayed. Right, right. They're they're in Eagle Pass. <laughs> they were in Eagle Pass and everyone else, all the extended family either stayed in Mexico, yeah. like I said, or they moved further up north. Right, right. Whereas my folks stayed with them in, in Eagle Pass. Yeah. So they could raise me. <laughs> so right, right, right. I was just the one that was around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's pretty cute. Look, the girls chase after him, but uh, it's fine. He'll grow out of it. My, my grandma has this, this story that she would tell me that, like, your grandpa fucking hated my garden. He, <laughs> he hated the shit out of my garden. He would always be like, why are you always wasting water? Like, watering these stupid fucking plants. Like, they don't grow anything that you can eat. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. They're fucking worthless plants. Which, by the way, was my grandpa's favorite chore. <laughs> Which was like, what? Pick fruit? No, no. Tend to the garden. Like, oh. I showed up and it'd be like... No, some... see, <laughs> I think my grandpa's thing was just that it didn't grow any fruit because we had a peach tree. He, <laughs> he loved the peach it. tree, yeah. yeah. But, but, like... My grandma's plants, nah, they they don't do anything. They don't right. even give shade. Like, look how small they are. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, right? That's one of my universality. Fucking Mexican grandparents or grandfathers and the utility. If it doesn't serve a purpose, why do we have it, right? right yeah. It's like, yeah, because, oh, yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you. My grandpa was pretty cool. He was a musician, so he's like, uh, chill. But I bet you my grandpa was just as crazy about shit like that. Right, yeah. And my grandma told me one time that, like, your grandpa would always give me shit for like watering the plants and blah, 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 wasting water on these useless fucking plants. Right. And then you were born and you were old enough to, you know, like run around the yard and shit and play with the hose. Mm-hmm. And you would just turn on the hose. Like you wouldn't ask for permission. You just turn the fuck up <laughs> and start yeah. like playing with the water hose. And your grandpa would get up and I would see him like look out the window and I was like, scared for you because oh, no. <laughs> i saw him raise your aunts and uncles <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and he would look out the window and he'd be like Mira, mijo, he's playing with the garden hose <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hate to quote it i hate to quote it but it is apt uh bill cosby once said uh you know your your grandparents are nice to you because they're old now yeah. and they're trying to get into heaven now <laughs> it's like yeah maybe the case right yeah but um sadly like i lost him when i was still very young mm-hmm. so my memories of him are very clouded like i'm losing them right I'm, I'm holding on to what i have right um but one thing that i remember that i would always do with him is go to go to the mall Mm-hmm. My grandpa was a popular dude, and that like spread over to my dad. Because every time I go out with my dad somewhere, someone will say hi to him. I'll be like, "Who the fuck is that dude? Well, how do you know him?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My oh, grandpa was that dude. Yeah. yeah. So my grandpa would always go to the mall or always go to Walmart. Back when Walmart had like a deli or a cafeteria, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would always just tag along with him because I liked hanging out with him and his friends because they would always talk shit. Here's another story about my grandpa. All right. <laughs> my grandpa, Huelo Jose, because I have another grandpa who also, but he was in Mexico, so I don't have as many memories of him. Right. My grandpa had a friend who was deaf. And I use the term friend loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a deaf mute, so like he couldn't hear, and you had to talk to him through sign language. Right. Apparently, this dude would talk a bunch of shit, but like no one understood him because he was signing. Right. 
my grandpa fucking learned sign language <laughs> just to like talk shit to him. And I would, I, I have this like vague memory of my grandpa being like, Here is a pinche cabron. and he'd be like, and just like start doing these hand motions. Right. Apparently, he was talking shit to a deaf person. It's, it's <laughs> like a I block like away. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> right. Oh I'm my not god. Lie. Uh, your grandpa, ironically, learning sign language is probably the, one of the most impressive feats I've ever heard. Of. Right. <laughs> just despite a motherfucker that he kind of liked, you know, kind of like. Kinda, see, that's that's what we're talking about with like Latinos in love. Like, I cannot express love to you, but I will learn sign language. I will learn to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't even know if like he was like me, where he just learned like what my mom thought of me. Where no, right. he doesn't know English. He right. just like learned booger and. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't know if my grandpa just learned like booger and my name is Jose, like right. in sign language. But in his head, he's like, I'm gonna tell this motherfucker that <laughs> my, my name is Jose, and you go fuck yourself. <laughs> That is one of the, that is top five petty things I've ever heard in my fucking life from an elderly man. But, but yeah, I would always go out with him to the mall. My grandpa couldn't drive, so I learned how to like. That's why I'm not scared of living in the city because mm-hmm. I was like, who the fuck's gonna touch me? My grandpa's here. Right. <laughs> and then he just kind of follows you around and shit. Now he's just like your ghost. Like, hey, don't fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. It's my, it's my fucking grandson, you don't you back off. But yeah, well, one of the things that I always remember and like always kind of, it do, I mean, it doesn't choke me up clearly because I'm fat, <laughs> but uh, he taught me how to eat nachos, the special way that he would eat nachos. What's the special way he would eat nachos? So nachos are, or I guess, kind of new. <laughs> at, well, at the time, <laughs> at new the technology. Time, like, Well, not new technology, but like the dude that invented nachos, like is from the Mexican side of Eagle it's from Pass. a region. That's yeah. the fastest way to say it. Fuck it. And we, we're taking credit for it. We got nachos. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. And he was still around. Like I don't I think he only like recently died. So <laughs> they're they're not that new. Right. 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 Um and the Walmart cafeteria had like bomb ass nachos for like my four-year-old brain right <laughs> this is most, it's like that waxy cheese for your four-year-old brains like this is culinary artwork <laughs> julio's cheese and yeah, not- yeah. Right? so my grandpa wouldn't eat them the traditional <laughs> which is grab a chip put it yeah. in your mouth no because the, that's the not walmart they come on a plate yeah huh? that's not the way they come on a plate when you order nachos how do they come out oh separate yeah okay. the cheese was separate Fair enough, fair so, enough. I don't like nachos, so it's completely foreign to me. I don't order them at all. It's like if you order them at the at the movie theater. They they still do it that way. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cheese, the cheese is the thing. Yeah, you dip cheese it. Cheese okay. separate. So my grandpa, instead of like taking the whole chip because it was still like a little thingy container of yeah. cheese, he'd just break all the chips and get a spoon and he'd eat them like fucking cereal. Uh, <laughs> 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 And it was great. Like for the longest time, I would Bro, still. This could eat... be a product, <laughs> right? <laughs> Crumble nachos. Let's go to Shark Tank tomorrow. Oh, still... let's just go to like La Michoacana, whoever makes fucking tortilla <laughs> chips. Like, can we have all the broken ones? <laughs> Make it into a pulp and then just put cheese in. <laughs> I still do that to this day, not with nachos, because now they put the cheese on top. So right. It's like, oh, my oh. hands are gonna get dirty either way. <laughs> Gra- Grandpa, they out revolutionized you. <laughs> The, the technology got way too advanced for us. To go right. Like, I don't, Grandpa, I'm glad you didn't see the I day. St- 
I still do that to this day with menudo and pozole. Oh, you just put a bunch of crushed chips in it? Yes. Oh like, yeah, uh, like, yeah. That's just delicious. I'll, I'll get the like my my aunts and uncles. They'll they'll get like the the, tostada, the, tostada. the big ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll like dunk it in and mm-hmm. they won't break it apart. I'll just take like four of them, motherfucker, and just. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I I kind of do the same. So yeah, that oh, I want some now. It's that season. Do we do we? Menudo season? Menudo season, pozole. I'm more of a pozole man for myself. But that brings me to my last point. Do we know any people that make pozole? <laughs> Cause, uh, Paco, if you're out there. Paco. <laughs> or like, do we have any Mexican grandmothers that we know of in the local area? My grandma doesn't make pozole. That's the thing. Like my <clears throat> mom and my grandma and my aunt from my mom's side were all the ones that live in that area. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make pozole. They make menudo. Mm. But Paco's mom... Make a pozole. <laughs> a ride. <laughs> Let's go take a ride. But, I mean... It's and Paco's a, neighbor, I found out, makes pozole as well. Well, let's the, go to Paco's neighbor. angry dog? No, no, no. Uh, his <laughs> backyard. From his backyard. Oh, yeah. one, one of the times that I was, like, chilling with him, I think it was last year. Uh-huh. Uh, there was just a knock on a door that like never opens. You know that back door that like oh yeah, the fuck knocks there. <laughs> right, right. How did you get back there <laughs> last uh, year? So when the stripper bit you? Yeah, yeah, oh, it was okay. that time. Uh, that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be top five stripper stories. That will come. Jordan will be on. <laughs> Jordan was there. <laughs> oh, oh my god! But back door, they knocked on the door. Yeah, and. Uh, Paco answered and it was his neighbor and he's just like oh yeah my wife made like some extra pozole it was green pozole and he's like here, here there's go. no fucking thing in my life is extra pozole <laughs> like those people are fucking liars or saints either one both maybe both but, but... yeah but while Paco wasn't looking I, I snuck me a spoonful <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is some good ass pozole but this is for Paco this is for Paco <laughs> and I love him but anyway <laughs> but yeah there you go everybody there's our our, our five Dia de los Muertos, remember me episode. And it or was pretty Sam's good. 30. I'm just saying. That's my last one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm Go fuck yourself. That's number eight, I believe. So if we're talking about breaking records. But anyway, Bro, if you. Clumsy. Clumsy with what? Oasis Texas Brewing Company <laughs> Sunset Cerveza? Clean, soft, and brilliant orange in color, Sunset Cerveza is a refreshing Mexican-style Vienna lager featuring notes of light bread, caramel, and orange zest. Noble hops and German malts shine, creating a complex and crisp all-year beer that's deserving of our brewery's stunning Lake Travis sunsets. Austin Beer, elevated. Sponsorship pending. But that's it for our episode today. Get back to us everywhere. But if you want more show, actually one last thing, shout out to Southern Cutie. I'm from Tennessee, but live in Vegas. Uh, nope, seven. Sammy tells Mark to go fuck off. Counter number seven. Well, go fuck yourself, Marco. That's eight, because I'm never wrong. That said, I'm Sammy Gonzalez, Sammy and you can find Sammy. me at the underscore Mexicans everywhere on Twitch, on YouTube, on Twitter. And on Instagram. And you can find me at Sammy Gonzalez Mex on Facebook. Just search The Mexcellence anywhere and you will find one of the many things and you will find me eventually. Marco, where can they find you? The fact that you couldn't count to eight explains why you couldn't make five people. <laughs> I didn't say five people. I said, remember me five. They were categories. Grandparents, comedians, classmates. You don't get categories. I get whatever the fuck I want. 
I was hoping you would say show. it one more time, and then you'd be off count again. Oh, no. I'm at eight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can suck a dick. That's one. <laughs> Where can they find you, Marco? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type JLMarcos62, and I'll pop up. JJ. Oh, you can find me on Instagram at SuperSiaJ, all one word, or on Twitter, SuperSia underscore J. Excellent. And so coming soon, I'm going to buy this goddamn switcher board so I don't have to use this keyboard, but we'll get all sorts of sound effects and sounds and overlays and shit like that. Coming Fart soon. Fart noises coming soon. Fart noises. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for top five walkout songs. I guess we're doing that because he said it on air, and I can't edit that out. So next week, top uh, five walkout songs, songs that you'd walk out to in baseball, WWE, or just into the office. So <laughs> that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, everybody. And be sure to follow us, like us, do all those things. Go to MexMerch.com. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a sweatshirt. New stuff coming soon. I'm working on it. These guys will be branded soon enough. That said, I'm out of here. Everybody, they say bye to everybody out there. Everybody on Twitch, thank you for watching. They say bye to the people. Thank you, true believers.